Welcome to Women's Brew, where women talk about beer and maybe wrestling. This week, we wish Top Rope the happiest of birthdays. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. I'm Joanne, and this is Tori. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. So, Neil, do you want to tell us a bit about who you are, uh, what your role is, and where, what brewery you come from, and a bit about them? Yes, uh, I'm, from, I'm Neil from Top Rope Brewing, based in Bootle in Liverpool. Uh, I'm one of the directors, one of the founders, along with um, Ben Jackson, who is our head brewer. Um, I'm the head guy that, you know, my job is to basically chat shit and sell beer to people, uh, which I, I think I've done quite well, seeing as I'm now celebrating five years of having done it uh, professionally, which is incredible to think. Um we are so top rope brewing so we are a wrestling based brewery um so 99% of what we do is based around our love of wrestling uh, predominantly from kind of the 90s that kind of you know the actual era along there but then also over the past couple of years our sort of reignited love of of the you know sports entertainment or wrestling whatever you want to call it um and the way we we enjoy things nowadays from watching the likes of AW or from a few other bits and pieces um but that's basically where we, we kind of stick to our guns and we are very very happy to die upon the hill of wrestling because it is a fantastic sport to be to be a part of and watch um as i said we've just turned five years old as of the 6th of november this year uh, which is just incredible I, I still to this day pinch myself and think that i've been doing the job for five years now which is baffling um it's amazing um this early this year in january we moved from a site in north wales where we were for three years um, and we're now a new place which is physically three times three times the size we've doubled our capacity um, which when we started five years ago was in a shed in the back garden um, brewing 100 litres of beer at a time. Um, and it was genuinely like we never thought we'd get to the point of having an actual brewery, to the point of expanding it and getting bigger and having an event where we had over two sit- over two sittings, we had over 150 people um, in the brewery for to celebrate our birthday with some live music, um, all, the, all the, the, the eight special beers that we released on as well. Um, it, was, it was just incredible. Um, so that's basically who Top Rope are. Amazing. I've got so many more like wrestling based questions as well, but I feel like that's that I'm gonna that's gonna be second part. I'm gonna like ask you those questions <laughs> for sure. I mean over the last two years, the amount of podcasts that we've done, and it always starts off with like a little bit of I know the places like you obviously you, you usually go very heavily into the beer, but with us it's always case of like a, bit, a little bit of a little bit of talk about beer, and then it just very heavily dilutes into wrestling without and people have to go. Oh no, we have to stop that because we've just done too much wrestling. We need to do some more beer. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna say like I don't um I I will not promise you like that level of wrestling conversation because like I know that from my childhood, like growing up in the US, there was definitely like I don't think you could say WWF anymore because that's like wildlife yeah. world wildlife uh, foundation yeah. now, but no, WWE no, no. now is what it is. That, yeah. that lawsuit has now passed, so the, the, the referencing to WWF is now done again. Um, yeah. But obviously, they prefer WWE, WWE because it is their you know legal and their brand, as it were. So yeah, yeah I think that's WWE. a fun fact that I didn't know about either. I was just like, you're not. Allowed. I just remember growing up being like, you're not allowed to say WWF because that's like totally so that that's that's the that. So and, I feel like I've just learned something already, and we're like two minutes in. <laughs> yeah it's the pandas well, the pandas that legally that they had like um a statute until a couple of years ago when they couldn't reference it so they had to like blur out imagery linked to it obviously that that 
lawsuit came to an end. And so it's the point when, you know, as much as people will now be aware of the differences between them, but they aren't going to get punished if they if they announce themselves as WWF instead of WWE, basically. That's, that's crazy. But I, I can't speak for you, Joe, because I, I can only speak for myself, but I, I feel confident you'll probably agree. Uh, we wouldn't have that level of wrestling talk because I don't think either of us know <laughs> enough about wrestling <laughs> to be able to do that. I just, uh, I know like the main wrestlers and that kind of stuff, but um, we sort of, fell in love with your brewery for a whole other reason and it, um first of all happy birthday i feel yeah, like i'll birthday. put that out there because i was gonna say happy birthday but i didn't want to cut you off while you were on a roll <laughs> um and i love the fact that your birthday falls in november because my birthday is at the end of november and the whole reason why we fell in love with you guys was for the cold stone cream austin ice cream pale beers that you do and in November for your birthday at least last year and this year anyways you've done a birthday beer for it which I happen to have here unfortunately we're not drinking them I'm not drinking them tonight because I'm doing it in solidarity with Joe, who's lost hers I'm gonna have a (laughs) normal stone cold you can drink it it. I'm gonna save it for my birthday yeah Um, to bring the drama onto the podcast, I sent Joe beers because I didn't want to ask Neil to send them separately and uh, Parcel Force lost them. So yeah. I really hope whoever it is, you're not listening to this. If you are listening to this, at least put in an order for some yeah. more top rip beers when you see how good they are. So, yeah, the the Stone Cold, uh, <laughs> keep calling it Stone Cold, the Cold Stone Cream Austin. Have you had that beer from the beginning since you opened up the brewery, or is it something that sort of came along further down the line? It came up, came along a bit further down the line. Um, it wasn't until about maybe six to nine months, I think, because uh, we definitely brewed it originally um, in the shed in the back garden. Um, and I will point out that the original version of it wasn't vegan friendly, unlike all yeah. nowadays. Because um, we were still you know, very much home brewers, we obviously we didn't have the the grand scheme of becoming an actual sort of you know product business. Um, so we were happy to use, uh, you know, uh, lactose and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but the, the 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 basis of the beer came purely from a um, basically Ben getting drunk. Um, it was a case of he was drinking in a, a bar that you probably all are very aware of, their crafty beer company in Liverpool. Um, officially, according to Siva, you know, as they won the award, the UK's best independent craft beer bar. So if you're in Liverpool, go and drink at their crafty beer company. Little plug there. Um, but he was in there drinking as as whatever we got get drunk. We always talk about wrestling and all kinds of other crap that falls along. Um, and he was chatting with his friend Mark, who's from New York, and um, his partner Ruby, who's from Canada. Um, they were talking about all kinds of crap, came out, and then Ruby tried to say um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Cold Stone Creamery at the same time. <laughs> and she, kept, she ended up spitting out the word Cold Stone Cream Austin. Um, this was at, I don't think what time it was. It was definitely within licensing hours, which is all I'll say. Um, but I was in I was in bed and just woke up to a text, uh, like whatever, like twelve half past twelve at night. And just kind of went. All it said was Cold Stone Cream Austin. That was it. Nothing else. No further explanation. <laughs> Nothing at all. I was just like, you cool, have so bye. many additional questions. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> anyway, it, was, it was half twelve. I was just like, nope, back to bed. Um, and then it was the following day that Ben told us the story behind it all. And then he basically went, "That has to be a beer. It has to be an ice cream beer." Um, based off of, you know, one of the biggest wrestlers of all time, so called Steve Austin's right. Yeah, 100%. Um, and we just kind of, we've, we've played around with it. Obviously, the recipe has changed over the course of the years from us brewing it with lactose to the point when we opted to turn the the, the brewery vegan friendly. Um, I'll point out, none of us in the brewery are vegan. Um, 
it's just an active choice that we've made to ensure that beer is as inclusive as possible for everybody. Um, not only not only for vegans, but also for those who are lactose intolerant. Obviously, making it lactose free means that there's an even wider range of people that can enjoy the beer um, as broadly as possible, basically. Um, and yeah, it's just sort of evolved over the course of time. Obviously, I know that Tori's had, and I'm sure you, you as well, Joanna, have had an awful lot of the flavours that we yes. do. Um, <laughs> One, yeah, because pretty much every time a new one comes out, you're yeah. like, it's just come out, we've yeah. just released this, and I'm like, all right, quite, orders we're, in. We're quite <laughs> avid. I'm not um, going to say it's an easy sale, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, all you have to do is be like, so this one's just come out, the cheesecake, like, that was an easy one for me when you did that, um, the lemon... The cheesecake, cake. we've done key lime pie, we've done oh, lemon cheesecake. Key lime was the, so the, good. The key lime was amazing, yeah. but the lemon cheesecake uh, oh, yeah. was the one that I got because... I, I wanted it and I my husband loves cheesecake so mm. I knew that putting in another beer order would be risky but if I sort of said yeah but there's like cheesecake <laughs> he might be less pissed off about it and um, yeah. I think it worked I was like look but there was cheesecake and he was like oh that sounds nice I was like yes <laughs> there you go um, we had, we've had the raspberry ripple so Joe yeah. and I on our so this is what brings back it's like that first episode that we did we did the normal one we did the raspberry ripple we had the um key lime mm. i think it was those three didn't we yeah i think um, so. i don't know if we recorded all of them but we definitely yeah. had all of them and yeah. Uh, yeah they were all just so amazing in their own way like, they i don't just stood think, out for different reasons <laughs> i don't think we would have necessarily started the podcast without them because <laughs> it was that batch of beers and then collecting other ice cream pails that made us went oh we could do like should we do a podcast should we, we could do it about these beers that would be really and it was those that started we, we, so we sort think... of talked about the podcast yeah. and then I was like I, I think I said to Joe something along the lines of like I want to see somebody do a podcast about ice cream pails because yeah. I think I had just stumbled across yours um by chance yeah and I was like oh my god ice cream pail that sounds amazing I'd love to try that and I'd love to see somebody talk about that mm-hmm. and then yeah just the more we lo- I was like who else does ice cream pails and I kind of started looking into it and yeah. there was a handful here and there you had probably the biggest range but there was a few other ones one here one there sort of thing we were like actually we could be the people that just do it so yeah thanks to you we yeah. probably wouldn't uh, have a podcast that's how we started it. the podcast that, that means the absolute world the fact that something has been more that of what we do for a living so um <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's 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 great having this kind of a beer um, sort of in the core range because, as you said, there's a lot of breweries out there that will do them, but they'll either have like one particular flavour or it's a special release one-off that we'll do here and there. Um, but just the absolute love for this beer that we've had since we since we first released it has been absolutely insane. Whether it's a combination of it being named after the, one of the biggest wrestlers of all time, whether it's the fact that it is, you know, a, I will be very biased here, a very good ice cream pale ale. Um, Obviously, the, the, the love for it is just going on, on and on, which is the reason why we love it, because we can just turn around and go, what ice cream flavor do you want to do next? And we'll just think of whatever random crazy flavors we've done. So we've, we actually say we've done the raspberry ripple, we've done mango, key lime pie. And um, we've done, and as we started doing last year, which is where it's come in from, um, obviously, we knew that it was going to be going into can as opposed to going into keg. Because um, obviously, last year, we couldn't do what we normally do for our birthday. So we went, okay, let's just do a birthday cake. Let's make a birthday cake ice cream pale ale. Um, so we did the first version, um, which has become one of our most highly rated beers. People always tell us about it sort of this day. Um, it was just a, a traditional birthday cake, Victoria sponge, basic beer, a little bit of strawberry jam in there, a little bit of kilo of sprinkles, because you can't have kind of a birthday cake without sprinkles. Um, and it went down an absolute treat. And so we decided that this year when we're celebrating our birthday again, like, okay, well, we have to do another birthday cake. 
was like, well, we could do the same version, but people have had that, so I want to do something a little bit different. And they were like, okay, chocolate fudge. Everyone loves a chocolate fudge cake. Um, so we did. And this, this version had eight kilos of sprinkles in it. Oh, wow. Uh, both I love that you put rainbow. actual sprinkles in. Like, that makes me so happy. <laughs> actual uh, sprinkles go into it. Combination of chocolate and rainbow sprinkles is what I'll point out. Oh, amazing. Um, Absolutely amazing. But then still my favourite thing about doing this is that we did the chocolate orange version last year as well. Um, but my favourite thing about doing this is the way that it does just fuck with people's heads because you go, oh, the chocolate beer, great. Uh, hang on, it's pale. What's good? What? what? <laughs> Like we, we, we actually have people who work in bars who keep getting asked for it on, on draft and they pour it and they shit themselves a lot because they kind of go, oh, I poured, I poured the wrong bit. Oh, no, I haven't. It is that beer. And it's just Amazing. brilliant. I love doing that. It's got to be like the similar effect to when you have um, like a white stout or something like that and, and yeah. someone's going like, oh, yeah, stout. Oh, this will be good. And then they get the glass of it and they're like, what, what is this? And then they taste it and they're like, what is this? This is like, it's too light coloured to taste like this and be a stout. So I feel like it's sort of the exact inverse of that. You've got like chocolate cake that is pale coloured. And mm. uh, yeah, I appreciate that you do a birthday cake now in, in November just because it means that that's like the one that I know that I can now look forward to as my birthday treat. Last year, because of the uh, birthday cake, the first birthday cake one you did, I was like, I'm going to get that. And now I'm going to consciously make an effort to get all the cake flavoured beers that I can have so that like I won't have real cake or just have cake flavoured beers. And that one was the one that I was like, yeah, that started it. And now I've got to get all the cake ones I can find. So it's like you're just trend setting left, right and centre there. I even bought the chocolate orange and I hate chocolate orange. <laughs> because <laughs> i was like, like now that i now that i know that i love the ice cream pail so much like that you guys put out i'm like i can't miss one i yeah. need to make sure <laughs> i need to get all the ones that come out as much as i can and i was like oh chocolate orange oh, i don't i don't like chocolate orange i'm gonna get it anyways though aren't i yeah. there you go. I'll, I'll just just to tease you I'll, I'll admit that the the new flavor that we're doing at the start of next year is going to be blueberry pancake oh, i mean yeah like yes please yeah live into that that's, that's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I say it as if I, I, I would. It would be a challenge to sell that to me. Full stop. I mean, it's it's pretty easy. Or just like a new ice cream pail's coming out, and I'm like, yeah, okay. So I need to you're just making, get an ongoing like tab. Money. Like, just you're you're it. making it sound like I'm taking advantage of you. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, it's the fact that all you don't even have to tell me specifically. I just see it on social media of like, oh, and there's a new one and it's done. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah, it's not a hard sell for me at all. Okay, text messages. It. There's a new one coming out. Okay, right, right. I think I texted you when um, when the cheesecake one came out and I was yeah. like, I'm getting the cheesecake one. Do you want one? Because it was just, oh, yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. I, I don't know how you do it because the smell of it properly does smell like vanilla ice cream like a carton, like you've just taken the lid off of mm. a tub of vanilla ice cream and then you taste it and it does have that creamy vanilla I find can get lost in beer sometimes, especially mm. when it's like a paler beer. But mm. you really nail the ice cream notes on it where it tastes like it's it's got just that bit of like freezer burn, if you know what I mean, where you know it's yeah. been in a freezer and it's it's like that level mm. of uh, ice cream. But it also has that creamy vanilla-ness. I just don't know how you do it. What witchcraft do you, do you use? <laughs> uh, it's a combination of several brewing tricks that we've learned over the year. Things like, you know, making sure you've got a nice high mash, therefore you're not going to be losing all of the um, all of the sugars into it. Combination of using a cracks and a maltodextrin, um, which is kind of a lot, a lot of brewers start to use these days in, re in replacement of lacto. 
um, and then just loads and loads of vanilla. We use loads of vanilla, but we also use a little bit of, of um, aroma as well, just to really help bring it out. Because obviously, as you say, the vanilla can get lost in there. So there's a little bit of aroma gets thrown at the back end, just to ensure that when you open, you get that massive hit. Because still, a lot of people don't understand the the depth that smell has in terms of taste. So obviously, you need to have that initial hit of aroma to really bring it home, and then you then you can taste it afterwards. Uh, so we make sure that that's a, a key component as to anything that, we, anything that we produce as well. Yeah, no, it's just that's it's so impressive. Because I remember Joe, like when we had it the, the first time that we had it, because we bought them for that podcast episode, yeah. and we like opened it and at the same time, obviously, and we were just like, oh my god, this smells like ice cream. And and you know how sometimes something smells a particular, like something will smell really, really good, and then you taste it, and you're like, oh, it's good, but it's not, it's not to the level that it that it smells so like you kind of go in expecting that after a while and then we took a sip of it and we were like holy shit it tastes like ice cream (laughs) and we're like what like this is just and I feel like that messed with my brain because I was like how can it taste so much like ice cream and not be ice cream like I feel like it would make an amazing ice cream float just chucking a bit of ice cream in it well we have previously done a takeover um January 19 we did a takeover we did a collab with Beatniks in Manchester did a tap takeover in their bar and they do have a soft serve slushy machine. Oh, amazing. So they put the Raspberry Ripple version in that. Um, oh. We also have me running around Manchester trying to find sprinkles. Um, <laughs> and then we're doing another takeover with them uh, the first week of December and they're going to put the chocolate fudge cake in there as well. Oh, nice. So I we, just wish yeah. you guys were closer. Like, <laughs> literally. If you, I, I keep being like, we need to go. We, wa- we wanted to go up to... Uh, Liverpool anyways for, for to see dead dead crafty because um we did an event a women's international women's collaboration brew day event with uh that full circle hosted yeah. and we were on that and we listened to them talk about like dead crafty and all that we're like oh it's so amazing and I said oh, I'd love to go there and Joe was like oh I want to go there as well and we're like we have to go to Liverpool and then I was like top ropes there dead crafties I was like there's a whole bunch of places I only knew that you guys were there and then I found out there was a whole bunch of other really good places as well and I was like well officially <laughs> there's enough places that we can justify going for like a beer crawl for a weekend well, yeah 100 yeah you, you say in terms of actual brews you've got us uh, you've got Asvet, you've got Black Lodge you've got Chapter you've got Carnival you've got Love Lane uh, you've got Neptune who are a bit further up they're, they're easy to get to so in actual terms of breweries and spaces especially someone like Asvet who are you know they've just started brewing their beers obviously Adam formerly of Neon Raptor who started up there um You've got all those, but then in terms of bars, you've got the likes of, uh, you've got Dead Crafty, you've got Grapes, which is one of the greatest craft, uh, cast bars in the entire country. Um, the only one of the few bars in the country I know that will buy casks of like 10 plus percent beers off us, oh. um, just because they can. Uh, you've got places like Keystone that have recently reopened themselves, uh, formerly up on Hope Street. Uh, you've got the likes of, you've got, you know, the Ship Mitre, which has, has that late major like, map history. You've got the Baltic Fleet, which has its, um, obviously, history of having a form, former Wapping Brewery in there, which is where Lally, who is now of um, Polly's, uh, formerly of Manhattan, he started a Wapping Brewery. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 as with everything in Liverpool, it's steeped in substantial quantity of history that actually, try, actually me trying to sit here, remember things and reel them off becomes very, very difficult because there's that much to have to try and go through. Um, but no, it's very much a city, as like with Manchester, where you, could, you, know, you can book yourself a weekend up, come up and just have a, have a fantastic time. 
I don't think I never thought about it because like when I think about Liverpool I think like many people you think about the Beatles I was gonna say I think I think it's just that thing of like everyone knows Liverpool for the Beatles my dad is a massive Beatles fan so when they came to visit me from the US I took them up there to go do the Beatles stuff I'd already done it myself on like a road trip of the UK and um and I just wish I knew about all the amazing beer because the second went up there we were like we'll just walk around shops because we didn't know what else to do and you know a few years later and I'm kicking myself that I didn't know all these amazing beer spots were there um mm-hmm. I just don't think people talk about it enough really no we, yeah um we, we, we do kind of get we do kind of get a little bit a little bit lost being you know that standard Liverpool Manchester thing Manchester is such a bit you know such a different city in the way you know it's essentially the, the country's second capital that has everything else going for so we do kind of, kind of get a little bit lost in that shuffle uh, but I think over the last couple of years the way that in particular the beer scene has increased and expanded um we are starting to become more and more of a place that people want to go to because of the level of qual- the quality of beer that is available in the city how how close to like the city centre are you guys? Are you right in the city centre? Are you further outside? Uh, we're so we're technically in Bootle, um, which is sort of north of the city. Um, if you're going from say Liverpool Central uh, train station, um, you, you, we are four train stations and a ten minute walk. Um, so fair. yeah, the, the site the site that we moved into, we specifically went to because we knew it's in a place where it's got fantastic transport links. Uh, turns out I, I'd moved house about three weeks before we'd signed the lease. Um, and for me, it's about a 20-minute bus ride from my new house to where well, my house where to where the brewery is, which works out great if you want to have a drink as well. Yeah, nice. um, and that we've we've chosen it because it, although it's it's not directly in the city centre because there's not many people who can afford the city centre of Liverpool. Yeah. It's an incredibly expensive <laughs> place. Um, but we've chosen this place because it is still a fantastic location. Um, and we are fingers crossed, hope we're going to be as the crow flies, about 15 minutes, um, you know, if, if you're to walk directly over the canals and through the water to where the new Everton Ground's going to be. Oh, nice. That's amazing. I mean, the whole, like, when I was there, uh, just by, like, the, the harbour area as well, like, that was, it was such a nice, it was genuinely, like, such a nice area. Just the centre was really nice. Everywhere I went to was really nice, but I just wish that I had known more to be able to be like, okay, let's go a little bit further out this way or let's go visit this bar. I just had no idea. Um, because I never thought to look into it for beer. So hopefully this will serve us like for anyone that was that was like myself a, a year, two years ago, a few years ago, that just had no idea. Hopefully they hear this and they're like, oh, actually, yeah, it's definitely worth going for a long weekend. And I think, Joe, like we need to get It's on been that. on my list for ages, um, <laughs> but Gordon so won't go. He's a Man United fan, so he's like, oh, I'm not going to Liverpool. So I'm just going to leave him at home. And Tori and I'll go. It's fine. I'm 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 football agnostic. I don't yeah, watch football same. whatsoever. So. Okay. <laughs> Not a clue. I'm, I'm the same, Tori. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> but no, if, if anybody doesn't, if anybody's listening to this wants to come to Liverpool, feel free to contact us at Top Rope. We'll happily tell you where to go to. Um, if you can go on Twitter and contact um, the Liverpool Beer Collective, um, it's a sort of social media account, sort of an active account that's designed to help promote. Liverpool and the events that are taking place in Liverpool as well. Um, so 100%, 100% go speak to those guys as well. Uh, but we're always happy to, you know, to stand. I mean, I'm, I'm an adopted scouser. I'm from Yorkshire originally. Um, but it's just that mentality where we're, we're happy to help you guys. If anybody wants to come to the city and experience it, speak to us and we'll tell you where to go. We'll tell you the best places to go and get, whether it's you know, a pint of beer, whether it's a burger, a bagel, whatever you want to have, we can advise you of where to go to. So don't ever be afraid to, to speak to us or any other Scouts Brewery at all. Amazing. Everybody up north is so nice. <laughs> it's literally, we're not used to it. <laughs> we went up to Sheffield to brew with Heist. It was, everyone was so nice to us. <laughs> Just on the streets, people were like so nice and we were like, 
oh people are like talking to us they want to say hi they would just be like they were like hey like one of the guys we ran into was like saw you at heist earlier um and he was buying a vault city he's like did you guys want to try some of it and we're like no no it's okay you don't have to do that and he was just like no 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 try it he was just so happy and so welcoming and warm and we were like oh we're so southern because this would have never like yeah. we we're like oh my Nothing god down here, mate. It was so nice. <laughs> you, you guys were at heist a couple of weeks after us weren't you yeah i think so yeah Yes. we just we had just missed each other and then we had just missed um, Damien as well like Empress yeah. was just there like right <laughs> after us as well I was like you guys were there like right before us Empress was there right after us um, I've, um, I've got Damien coming down next year oh, amazing I've worked, I've worked, even better I've worked it out the beer that we're doing with him is getting canned on May 4th oh my god <laughs> that's so good amazing. that is actually amazing that markets itself <laughs> done yeah social media posts out the way that's how he, that's how in depth with these with these cuts I will go. I will make sure that these things happen. I absolutely love that, and he is he's like a lovely guy he's in so general. Nice. Just, honestly, but that is that is so that's amazing. That is so good. Um, speaking of stouts, though, because obviously that's that just goes into stout territory. Yep. I'm gonna crack open my yeti. Mm. So I I bought this because strictly because it was peanut butter and pretzel. More so because it was peanut butter. I was like, peanut butter, you have me. Mm-hmm. But peanut butter pretzel was like a double whammy. I'm, um, I'm very jealous you have that beer. Very jealous. <laughs> I was trying to save it and I was trying to like leave it, was it gonna so go... my husband could have some. But then when the uh, parcel force gate happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, what have you got? I was like, I've got one top right beer and it's the peanut butter stout one and and it's the one that I got so when I ordered it I ordered yeah. an extra one for I was like I'm ordering these do you want one and she was like yes, yes. 100% I actually don't even think I asked you I think I ordered no I think it. you I just like, got it for me <laughs> and we're just um, like that's in the bag that's yours I was like yeah. oh well done yeah and I meant to save this so my husband could have some so I might have to save them the sip oh. at the end because he also loves peanut butter and pretzel, you're not going to so. want to share this no I'm just going to be another one so this beer was born from the fact that we have one of our taproom snacks it's people. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. For those that, that are listening, like a, that was like a visceral reaction. Tori like, has uh, has just made a very happy reaction to the aroma like of the beer. Butter pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> so the the beer is born from the fact that one of our tap room snacks is peanut butter pretzel bites. Um, the big tubs you can get from Costco, basically, <laughs> in the tap room. Um, and my my thinking was just, I want to, I want to sit with an entire tub of these and an entire tub of Nutella. And just dip them in and eat them entirely. And then we were like, that sounds like a beer. And I was like, it does. And Ben, ben was like, sounds like a stout. I was like, it does. It sounds like an, an imperial stout. Yeah. So hence why this beer was born. It, it also has one of the absolute most tenuous possible grasps on wrestling links that we've ever come up with. Um, which is the it's named after a after a gentleman from WCW called the Yeti. Um, that's that was the wrestler. Right. Um, and he was played by a gentleman called, I can't remember his name, but his, his first name was Reese. Ah, oh, okay. So yeah. that's where the wrestling reference comes <laughs> from. I mean, if you okay. do want to see anything about the Yeti, obviously, I'm sure that if you, you both have noticed, if you look on the side, if you can, you'll see the little stickers that we started putting on. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Match pairing. Yes. So that's a little that's thing that's clever. Been, that's that was the one that I had to uh, explain to when I was explaining to Parcel Force the in-depth description. I was like, on the side corner, yeah. uh, you will see, it will say match pairing. So, so for, for anybody who's not seen our beers before, one of the things that we've um, we've developed is to have a beer, a beer and match pairing. 
It's yeah. partly inspired by um, Chapter from Carn- from um, from uh, Runcorn and the way that they're, they're a fictional brewery. So they're started by English teachers um, who obviously love reading and whatnot. So, that, so all, of their, all of their beers are inspired by literary themes. And so they have a book pairing with each of their beers. Nice. Um, if you like me, it takes probably several weeks, if not months, to finish a book. And I can't afford to spend that on being drunk. <laughs> so <laughs> we realised that the vast majority of wrestling matches, or at least like the top tier levels of wrestling matches, will last about half an hour, which is kind of the perfect time to drink a beer with. Oh, yeah. Um, and a lot of our matches, a lot of our beers will obviously have direct themes from wrestling, whether it be a particular wrestler from an actual particular match or a particular pay-per-view that's happened. So we thought, why not give people the opportunity to to know where we were coming from in these in these sort of um, the themes? Um, it's a combination of either it allows me to go back and watch old school wrestling, which is always a good thing to have to do. Um, it will allow diehard wrestling fans an excuse to go watch an old match, or it's a way of getting people like yourselves who aren't wrestling fans you might kind of go oh i'll actually give this a go and you'll look it up on youtube you'll watch it along when you're drinking the beers it's just another way of getting people connected with um with that level of wrestling i mean don't get me wrong that particular match is auto auto horseshit okay um, <laughs> that's, that's not the one what it is but we it's Halloween havoc but it's horseshit in wrestling stands which means it's, it's like the best possible it's like it, it's like kitsch yeah that kind of stuff. It's Hulk Hogan, um, who was never a good wrestler and is just an absolutely boring. Don't talk about Hulk Hogan like that. <laughs> the giant racist hot dog that is Hulk Hogan. He's great. Um, yeah, he's great for the memes, though. <laughs> like, if you're going to get the memes on, yeah. that is like the memes. Exactly, nothing else. Um, going up against, um, as he was called then, the giant or probably more known as Big Show. Um, that was that match, and it was it was a terrible match. That that was their second match of the night after they'd had a monster truck match. Okay. <laughs> where the, I'm where just the, thinking of the ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so the, in monster trucks, like literally grabbing each other, and Hulk Hogan had shoved Paul White or the giant off the top of the arena, and obviously wow. he wasn't dead. He came back, so they had a match, and then it was the Yeti who debuted or came out of it, and hence why you've got the screams on the side of the camera which say the Yeti is taller than the giant by Tony Schiavone trying to sell it, and it was just. Oh, it was just awful. It's one of those things when people had to go, and, and you like wrestling? You're like, <laughs> yeah, but that's yes. why, isn't it? Yeah. That's why. That's not so much why. That's one of well. the reasons why I do question myself <laughs> in comparison to, say, watching the likes of Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page at AEW last weekend or Miro versus Brian Danielson, which is just kind of go, oh, these men just want to murder each other. That's it. It's just big sweaty men wanting to murder each other, and it's just incredible to watch. Um, but very much so, the, the Yeti, um, that, that is just not, it's not a, a highlight of, of wrestling's history, shall we say. No, I, I like the campiness of wrestling, though. I think, like, for me, that is that is what I like about it, is, is when it's, like, the story, like, the obscene storylines. Like, it's the, the you're going to correct, you're probably going to correct me, because I might be misremembering all of it, and Joe, you're probably going to be like, what the fuck are you on about? But, like, did it, like, Vince McMahon, die for like <laughs> ages and then he came uh, no, back and... no he, he died very quickly um but that happened is that the one that happened in july 2007 oh and then the kind no no so that, that was the muhammad hassan one sorry no the that one was at the time when uh there was the the chris benoit thing took place the, the chris benoit as i'm sure anybody who may have 
even even non-wrestling fans know of the Chris Benoit murder-suicide thing, and that's when Vince McMahon came back from there. It was like, no, that never happened. There was no no murder. <laughs> but trust me, that's the, the, the scale of what is actually seen on TV is nothing in comparison to the things that have actually been pitched and have never made it anywhere. That needs to be a podcast. That needs to be a podcast. It's, oh, it is. It's like... it's there are hundreds of podcasts. Of, like there's there's one which Vince McMahon pitched, which if you if you this one might need to get bleeped. Um, <laughs> but basically, the storyline was that his actual real life daughter Stephanie McMahon, yeah, became pregnant. Right. And it turns out that Vince, Vince's suggestion was that he was the father. He is what the and fuck? No. Bad, but then someone goes to him, no, Vince, no. That, you can't do that. No. So he went, okay, fair enough. Okay, I'm not the dad. How about if Stephanie's actual real life brother, Shane, what if he's the father? And then no. kind of going, Vince, Vince, you're not quite no. guessing what's wrong with this. No. So, but, oh man! This is this is from a man who is so weird that he doesn't like he he hates sneezing. You can't sneeze around him. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why, but that's really made me laugh. Just the idea it, because it's an involuntary thing, and he can't he can't control it. Right. And he also spent at some point someone someone tried to say to him, Vince, do you want a burrito? And he's like, don't know what a burrito is. What Vince? Do you want do you want a burrito? I've never heard it. What's this burrito thing? Apparently, he he'd eaten one every single day for lunch for three years, but nobody had told him what a burrito was. So he apparently did had no idea. What <laughs> That's amazing. That is literally so good. Yes. I haven't even had a sip of this yet, by the way, because oh, it smells really nice. I'm halfway down mine. Yeah, it smells really nice, and I'm afraid to start drinking it because I'm afraid it's going to be gone too quickly. It smells. So I have those big tub of pretzels that you talked about, and mm-hmm. I absolutely love them. And it really does smell bang on like a peanut butter pretzel. I've never yeah. thought to dip it in a Nutella. You've just given me something. Yeah, I'm going to go and try that for sure. Well, well, depend, depending where you live, like me, I've got an album tomorrow, so it's Natoka. <laughs> Natoka. Oh my god. Yeah. It really does like. And it, it like really this is nice. it's dangerous. Like it's ten percent. It does not. That's not ten percent. Yeah, no, ten percent. Hello, on the can. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll also say no, no peanuts were harmed in the making of the beer, uh, so it, it is completely uh, nut free. As with all of our nut beers, we don't put any nuts into any beer, uh, mainly because they kill head retention. They're a pain in the ass. Um, but it also has six kilos of pretzels in it. That is incredible. That was the best thing ever because we, the only place we could find to get vegan pretzels from was Holland and Barrett. And they came, in, they came in 100 hundred gram packets. So oh, had, no, that's a lot of pretzels. So we, we had to place two orders because the yeah. most that we could order was three kilos at a time. <laughs> so we technically had two separate orders of pretzels in for this one. Do you <laughs> think that somebody, like whoever was fulfilling those orders, do you think someone was like... Someone really likes pretzels. What? Like, yeah, like who are they feeding with these pretzels? <laughs> Well, I, I will say there's, there's, there's probably just under six kilos of pretzels in there because, of course, we have to taste test. Them. Oh yeah, you have you to. You have them. to know yeah. what's going to go in. You have to yeah. know that it's like a good quality pretzel that's going in. Like, uh, yeah, no, honestly, can't judge you there. But, How uh, do you get the peanut flavour in your beer? Uh, again, we use um, high quality aromas um, mm-hmm. in the same way that the likes of um, when it for when it was going to be controversial here. When it was good, uh, yellow belly. Um, okay. and that was obviously the, the kind of the first mainstream beer that came out that was a peanut butter uh, brisket, peanut butter biscuit beer that had no yeah. peanut butter biscuits or whatever, all that kind of stuff into it. So um, we we just go with the aroma, the aroma techniques. Um, 
just because again, if you put as soon as you put peanuts into it, again you're you're alienating part of your fan base. Um, you get as I say, you're going to kill any form of head retention because the oils in there just completely destroy it. Um, so we just stick entirely with the the aroma side of all because that's where you get all of that flavour comes from. So it also has a bit of a and a bit of salted to it as well for the extra saltiness of the, the, the pretzels as well. Yeah, I never had the um, I never had the yellow belly. Um, I've got the coward which I, I got because oh, I was so like, well, now I'm good. curious. I, I never had it. I've got it mm-hmm. sitting in my fridge just because I was like, I'm waiting for the right moment. But I never had it. It, it kept feeling like they were like, oh, it's the very last ones that we're doing. And then they'd be like, and we found more and it's the very yeah. last ones we're doing. So I just kind of took that for granted and was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I just was like, meh. I actually, I actually had the. I think it was the. It was either the original or the second batch mm. at the Liverpool Craft Beer Festival, but they had it on cask as well. Ooh! So we we ended up finishing the session just by seeing how much literally kind of like almost picking the cask up and just trying to get the last. Bit oh. um, but yeah, that That's was so a good. that was a very 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 messy night after drinking that cask. To be fair, That's <laughs> I can imagine. I think like this one, it's not. It's not like super, super thin, but it's definitely thinner, which I think is um, really says a lot for that. It can be so full of flavor, but the mouthfeel isn't too full because I think like that's maybe partially why it doesn't taste like a 10% because I think there's a lot of stouts that I do like full of mouthfeels sometimes, It's but that can make you feel really full really quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think this, because it is a bit thinner than something that's like chewable, it, yeah. it does it does make it easier to drink almost and it just I don't think it tastes 10% <laughs> this is like I when Joe was like 10% I had to do a double take because I didn't properly I knew that it was quite high ABV but I didn't really think about it because I tasted it and was like oh this, this is really good and then when she said 10 I was like nah I was like, there's no way this is a double digit one and then I was like yep. yeah it's, it's definitely it's, double digits it's the uh the kind of beer that I refer to as a Kenny Larkins beer a Kenny Larkins beer yeah why is yeah. that? Highway to the Danger Zone. <laughs> I just wanted you. I just wanted yes. you to finish it. I was like waiting yes. for you to just finish that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Is. <laughs> but so, so, like you, so you mentioned um, cask a few times. Do you guys do the majority cask or keg? Do you do a mix? How, how, uh, we, how we, do you guys we, do? We do a nice split. Um, we like to keep beers um, sort of fresh and exciting in the way that we don't. We don't brew beers just to brew for the sake of brewing beer or brew the kind of beer that we want to drink um, things like admittedly things like Cold Stone things like Papa Mango I don't drink that much of anymore just because of the sheer quantity I've drank it over the year it, it, it's sort of that diminishing returns kind of atmosphere um, but we, we still make sure that the beers that we brew are always exciting um, for example uh, we've just so we've just kegged and casked a new batch of Papa Mango um, we've got a new 4.4% single hop session IPA in tank that's getting kegged and cast next week. Um, we've got a new Kolsch style, um, which is getting partially cast and mostly kegged. Um, but then we keep things exciting. We, we, you know, if, if there's something a little bit stupid and crazy, we have done cask sours in the past. Um, we do some of our imperial stouts in cask. We do logs in cask. Um, we, we just kind of play to, we try and play to the beer strengths. Um, you know, so if you're going to have like a 3.9% pale ale that's going to get brought out by cask 100% because that extra bit of warmth, the bit of oxygen there will help to, you know, bring things to the forefront. But then things like your sort of your 6 to 7% IPAs, which have been very heavily dry hopped, they're going to benefit from the keg. 
because you know they'll have that extend that extended lifespan. The the chill will just help sort of bring out the flavor a little bit more and kind of balance things. So we 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 always try to make sure that we play to each beer's strengths, aside from if it's something really stupid, in which case, fuck it, we'll put it into a cask and just see what happens. <laughs> what inspires the the flavors that you do? Like when you pick a new, you know, ice cream pail that you're gonna do, or you decide to is it just drawing from the things you like to eat or do you just kind of go what's something crazy that we can do oh this is crazy like let's go with that or or what what inspires you um a little bit of everything um like for the birthday we released a banoffee brown ale because i absolutely adore banoffee in every way shape and form um and then we're kind of working out what would work what banoffee would work with and kind of went well you know Toffee flavors that sort of, you know, kind of sort of autumnal kind of style would work really well with a brown ale because it has that already that kind of toffee, a little bit of burnt flavors to it. And so that it just bounced really well. So we did a brown ale, we um, fermented it on a wheat yeast. So it gave those banana estuaries. We added an absolute mountain full of banana puree to it. And then we added a little bit of toffee into it as well. Um, and it just came up tasting like a pint of banoffee. It was absolutely incredible. That's the one you didn't put in can, was it? That was the one that I was like, oh, that sounds... I saw it come out somewhere on like the socials yeah. or whatever. And I was like, that sounds amazing. And then I think you said it, it wasn't going to can. And I was like, why are you doing this to me? Don't put it on the socials. Oh, I know what I'm missing. Because that was one of the ones that I, I was like, there's a new cold stone coming out for your birthday. The banoffee sounds amazing. I was like, I'm going to put in this big old order for all these cans. And you're like, yeah, sorry, that one's uh, tap room only. And I was like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so, again, some sounds like a, a brown ale to... To put it basically putting it into a can is a pain in the ass to sell. They don't sell particularly well. Um, so we that, but it, it, most of it comes from the things that we love to, to obviously consume because obviously we, we have to drink a lot of this beer, whether it's unfinished in tank or whether it's doing specific events, we have to drink the beer itself as well. So we want to make sure it's something we like to drink. Um, pale ales, it's just a case of just we just want something. If you if you go in like that four or sort of like 3.9 to 4.5%. You just want something light and quench it, something thirst quenching. You can just go to a place, get a pint of it, and just go, it's gone. Um, it's simple as that. But then beyond that, it's especially with things like IPAs, it's a case of toying around with the different flavor profiles of learning how different hops will work together, how different how the yeast will interact with that and stuff as well. It's just it's just a constantly evolving learning play, uh, learning playing field with you know new hop varieties always coming out with you know with the addition of Sabro a couple of years ago, which is basically just a pina colada hop. It's absolutely insane really um, is, it? things like the new hbc 630 which we've got some of which gives massive red berry fruits and sort of cherry mm-hmm. and black currants and that kind of stuff and um, we're utilizing some of that start of next year um so it's just a case of tinkering and playing and just constantly trying to make sure that everything that we're doing is become not only delicious but also something that is exciting and to, for us to push out further afield and to to you know get out you know get a bit out of our comfort comfort zone and try something new Banoffee sounded so, like honestly, it sounded amazing. So just just reading it, and I think Joe, like we, we were talking about how we, we need more brown ales. We need just more brown general. ales. We just need more brown yeah. ales, in general. But yeah. a banoffee one, just I can see yeah. how those flavors would lend themselves just so good to each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was. Sometimes. Yeah, we had it, we had it on cask at the at the, the tap room party, and I drank. Oh, it's just so much of it. <laughs> Do you still? <laughs> is it is it completely out now, or can people still go and get it if they're uh, we, we have a few kegs that are left in the cold store, so if anybody is looking to get hold of it for either their own bar or, you know, if someone has a Linda, Linda at home, you're welcome to buy a keg of it, that's perfectly fine. 
Um, but off the back of that, we are potentially looking at you know producing an American style brown next year at some point, mm. um, just because the response from it's gone down really well. Um, and again, something that we've done as a one-off, and we've seen the response. We kind of go, well, we can we can utilize this and we can turn it to something later on down the line. I, I think people forget that. I need to come up with a hashtag. With Bipper comeback one. We've got Bipper comeback, but I need a, I need like a brown ale one. Yeah, I, I think Andy's like... got the Bipper comeback going, yeah. but we need somebody to bring I back. Think we like need a brown ale. Brown ale. I might have yeah. to. I might have to brainstorm that bring back brown out i don't know we'll, no, we'll have to think right. i'll think of something catchy as well yeah. we'll get we'll get something catchy out there because <laughs> i think people don't like people forget that how much they like brown ales until they have one uh, like i don't think people go out and buy the cans of it like i don't think the majority go out and buy the cans of it like you said if you canned it you'd probably stuck with a lot of cans because people would go oh, brown ale. but when you're actually out there in a tap room and you order it yeah. people go oh yeah i forget how much i love a brown ale yeah but it's because it's Newcastle Brown. People go, oh, Newcastle Brown. Like yeah. it's not, it's not what it used to be. And if that's what your frame of reference for brown ale is, you're like, oh no. Nah. But when you get those amazing toffee flavors in there, and then you mix it with something else, like that just takes it to another level. Yeah, hundred percent. Same same thing with red ales as well. But they yeah. the same. It's very difficult to make ones that are deep and flavorful because um, you know they they still require heavy, heavy dry hopping. But people yeah. are associate red ale with you know cask therefore trying to get it more than 350 a pint can be a, a struggle to do so yeah. i was gonna say i wonder if part of it is as well there's the uh a lot of a lot of breweries are striving to sort of replicate what breweries in the u.s are doing with these you know big ipas big dippers and and those juicy flavors and and all all that kind of stuff and <laughs> yeah I've, I've got one i've got that set aside as well i've got i've got a whole bunch of it i ordered the birthday pack i want you to say about the birthday pack as well um but i uh yeah i wonder if part of it is people trying to replicate that u.s style or that being the popular style at the moment and the tradition the more traditional styles make people think about something a lot different than what they've become or what craft breweries have made them into um and just people don't give them the time of day that they should because yeah, i've had some really banging red ales as well I've, I've, yeah. It's it's difficult because like I'm sure that you guys find if you've got a fridge full of beer, the first style of beer to fly out of your fridge is going to be that sort of mid-stirring pale ale. That's yeah. just it just goes because it's it's the kind of beer that you haven't got to think about. You know you know you will sit there and obviously enjoy it, but you don't have to you know you don't overcomplicate things. But things like browns and reds, because they have that bit more depth to them. If it's in a small pack and you're drinking at home, you will want to savor it a little bit more and kind yeah. of enjoy the flavors of it. And um, and then if you're out out in a pub. Um, again, it's just purely a sales standpoint. It's the, the brown ales have got a massive level of love, but we are, we're all aware that if people go to a pub, the first thing they'll order when they walk in there, without unless you've got a, a predisposition to, towards them, the first thing you'll walk in and go is pale or IPA. Yeah, it's it's just the way things go, um, and to say that there is a love a, a love regrowing for the likes of cask. Um, since James Calder has stepped up as you know head of Seba um, from a couple of years back, he's done an absolute wonders. Um, he's been amazing for us. Um, and Cask is Cask is definitely going to go away, thankfully, because it's a gorgeous. It's, a, it's an art form that is very much required in this country. 
Um, and it has, a, 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 you know, obviously the strongest possible history groups in terms of beer and those who do it, do it really, really well. There are some who do it really, really badly. And I'll, I'll just use this as one little platform to just to say flat out, fuck Weatherspoons. <laughs> every way, shape and form. I don't think uh, either of us would disagree. I don't think that was, that's not going to get edited out. Unless, unless, we unless you that, ask that, us to edit it out, it's definitely not getting edited saying. out by us. No, no, I, uh, we don't disagree. <laughs> No, that's just a standard, a standard thing. Overall, just full, yeah. full, full package of of, yeah. of what yeah. they stand for for me. Yeah. Just standard in every way, shape, and form. Just fuck Weatherspoons, fuck it, fuck Tim Martin, because just. Um, but people who people who do cast properly, unlike him, um, it's done well. It's done with respect. Uh, places like us, places like Neptune Carnival, uh, Black Lodge, we all do cask because we know that it's an art form, especially within Liverpool. It's, it's never going to go away. It's a very heavy cask city. Um, and it is very much required. Uh, I'm sure that Tori will disagree with me, but as well, I'm from the north. We like sparklers. We don't sparklers have this conversation we, we, yeah, we, we had this conversation with Rachel uh, from Heist, yeah. and yeah. she was just like, we, we went when well, we went up there. We we were sending. She couldn't brew with us, even though she's the one that organised it all. She couldn't brew with us because she got COVID. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, literally the day that yeah. we were driving up, it was hot breaking um, but we were sending her photos from uh, we went to Shakespeare's and we were sending her photos from there and we were like we've got this and she was like oh it's got sp- you, you had that with a sparkler on it <laughs> we were like haha funny jokes <laughs> I did say oh. she'll have to come down here I was like yeah, we'll have she, to bring your sparkler because yeah, like, you know, there won't be any down here Oh no! Every, every time, every time we do an event in the south, every single pub I ever deal with, it's always a case of I've sent your cast down for you. Don't worry, the sparklers are attached on top. Don't worry, I've got you sorted. <laughs> At least they know how to use it. I feel like there's probably a lot of places that would be yeah. like, "What? <laughs> how, how do I do this?" <laughs> I'd be more worried about the, the, the they just wouldn't put the cast on. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that is a oh, sparkler, the big old sparkler debate. Yes. Uh, I, to be fair, I I could, I could probably. Well, I don't know because I've never had a like for like. Like I've never had one down here and then gone up north and like had it off sparkle and then had it with the sparkler on it to tell the difference. But it was definitely like creamier and yeah. Yeah, you could. I don't know if it was just me being like this is this particular beer and I'm reading into it or because it wasn't like for like but uh yeah no. I can definitely tell I, th- I think maybe but if you like blind gave me something and said sparkler or no I'd be like oh, I don't know <laughs> yeah. anyway, it's, it's the old argument oh oh well, if your beer's good if your beer's conditioned you don't need a sparkler like yeah but also fuck off just put a sparkler but also right. are you like are you also like uh, fuck off it's the north that's what we do <laughs> we sparkler yeah put a sparkler at that's fine <laughs> Uh, speaking of your birthday beers yes uh, so i ordered your birthday pack and you're doing a virtual tasting for that aren't you uh, yes we are that, that's um it's been done with there's a, a a website called grapple which is essentially a wrestling um sort of rating app that's designed to be able to um allow people to experience different kinds of wrestling so say for example you may have someone who only ever watches wwe which if you do that that's fine you are missing out Simple as that. If, you, if you're the, if you're a kind of person who only watches WWE, then you are, in my opinion, at the lowest rung of what wrestling could be, because it is at the moment it's just an awful, awful product. It's stale. It's single-minded. It's just very, very badly produced. Uh, but Grapple is out there to allow people to see ratings from basically every promotion across the country, whether it be an international scale, a national scale, or a local scale. Um, you can actually see what is being sort of reviewed as some of the best wrestling 
out there. Um, so if anybody's interested, go. It's G R A P L. Um, just simple as that. Um, so go and go and check them out, and, and you can kind of see, you know, how the likes of how the Japanese are doing with with like New Japan Pro Wrestling, and their their level of wrestling is as as a Western Westerner watching the first levels of Japanese wrestling. It's terrifying because they're silent. Oh, they sit there, and it just completes out. It's just watching what happens, and then if something goes if, like, into like a really big spot, all you get is a just. Oh wow! That's it. Nothing else. And it's really, really weird. So when, when you hear like wrestlers talk about when they go over the, for the first time and they're not quite sure what to expect. And yeah. then they get back, they're just like, oh, I did this really big spot and I got a round of applause. I was like, I'm, I'm used to like having massive cheers and people screaming for it. And right. it's weird. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing a sort of a tasting with the guys at Grapple. They're hosting it. Um, I think, I believe it's initially meant to be on, on their Patreon. Um, so it's for their subscribers. But I think they are looking at hosting it sort of, you know, for, for non, uh, non-Patreon subscribers to watch as well um, afterwards. Because the plan is to, for us to basically drink the beers with the guys from Grapple, get their subscribers to sort of join us for a drink, ask us questions. And that's when we're going to go super in-depth into all the wrestling stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that's what that's about. Uh, but that's essentially, it's like, I think it was, was it 30 quid? I can't remember. Yeah, 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 it was, it was about thirty quid. Yeah, but you got like you got this. That's where I got the stone cold, the normal cold stone, and yes. the chocolate cold stone as well. Because I was like, oh, I, I, I got that pack because I knew that there were certain ones that I wanted to get, and all the ones that I wanted to get were in that pack. Yeah. Because um, the the porter was in that pack. Um, yeah. Well, they're, they're... probably really gutted because the porter was one of the ones that I sent her, and she was really looking forward to that. Yeah, well, so that, well, essentially, five five of those six beers are our birthday beers. So you have the Coldstone Cream Monster, which is the birthday cake. You've got the WrestleMania, which I'm currently drinking, which is our birthday IPA, which, you know, as we were literally just talking about, big fuck-off IPAs, 6%, very heavily hopped with Citra Eldorado and Idaho 7. So big, juicy, tropical. The thing I've, I've, I've basically started to describe it as, and I'm probably going to, this may be taken badly by some people, but it's a basic bitch beer. <laughs> It's not in a bad way, but it's the beer that everybody wants to drink. Yeah. And they're really good for that reason that they are. They're great. Um, There's nothing wrong with being basic. Like, I think if you, you know, basics, you know, the base level, everyone likes that. We own our basic. It's fine. We're the the pumpkin spice girls. Like, so pumpkin spice. We're we're so basic. It's fine. We don't care. I I, I didn't mean that as a negative thing. (laughs) No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's definitely, like, I don't think we took it as a negative thing because that's not negative. No. I was thinking pumpkin spice, but I was like, oh, sad times. That's me. Precisely. Um, It had Domania, which is our. Third in our trilogy of Rowdy Roddy Piper beers, which is beers all based off of Rowdy Roddy Piper, started with Rowdy Roddy Porter. We then did All Out of Coffee, which is a reference to his, his uh, film They Live. Um, and then this is Domaniac, which is a reference to, I'm hoping for anybody who watches Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He was in that as Domaniac, that was his character. I never really thought about that until you just said that. Yes. I don't uh, think I ever thought about that. <laughs> that's where it comes from. And the, the, the reason why it's coffee and hazelnut is because they're always coffee porters. But in Domaniac, he is when they when they meet him in his car, he has a bucket of chestnuts in his car. But right. obviously chestnut doesn't work in beer, so we went with hazelnut instead. <laughs> See, I love how Tori is like shaking her head at just how deep my wrestling puns and connecting <laughs> with I think it is more like I was shaking my I was shaking my head at myself because I never <laughs> You didn't put two and two together. I didn't put two and two together. Yep. 
I just did until you went like, yeah, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. And I was like, what about it's always sunny in Philadelphia? And then you said that and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't. I never connected those dots. Well, you can literally see that if you look at the can of it, if you look at the picture of the can, part of the artwork is he's got a parking ticket that just says, the maniac loves you. Yeah, it absolutely does say that. And that was another one that I had to describe to the possible <laughs> <lady>. <laughs> My description was, uh, it looks like it's got a parking ticket on it, which says like Philadelphia parking ticket. Yep. And I was yep. like, it's got, it's got this parking ticket on it. And then it's got red writing across it that says, the maniac loves you. <laughs> and she was like, thank you. Like, like she just, there was no... Um, they have to be going off a script because there was no level of like, yeah. what okay, are you about? Like, yeah. thank you, smiley face. And I was like, you're welcome. Well, to be, to be fair, if you do it as well, do it properly as he does when he get, at the end of it, when he gets arrested, he's going to go, loves you, boys. I just, yeah, now that, now that you're saying, yeah, the parking ticket, I was like, yeah, it did say Philadelphia on it. <laughs> it just never, never crossed my brain. And then the, the last beer in the, in the wrestling pack is our birthday lager, the Ultimate Challenge. Um, There's two of those, I believe. There are two of them, for, for a very good reason, which I will explain at the moment. Um, for anybody who is who has caught up with us, um, our birthday is called Rest Alemania, because, of course, the biggest, the biggest wrestling event of the year is called WrestleMania. Um, and so we, 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 we make sure to theme each birthday of, on that, that particular Wrestlemania. Okay. So for this one uh, we're in Wrestlemania 6 so the headline was, of that match was Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior um, Hulk Hogan was the, was the world champion um, Ultimate Warrior was the Intercontinental Champion and it was a winner takes all match so whoever won became a joint champion basically um, in this day and age we don't feel comfortable referencing either of those two individuals because obviously Hulk Hogan is a racist hot dog and Ultimate Warrior before his passing um, was a very well-known homophobe. Um, yeah. And so their legacies outside of wrestling aren't things that we are particularly proud of and we don't want to be involved with. But obviously we couldn't neglect the impact that they have on the industry. So instead, we decided to go with the designs that you have, which is one design being the World Heavyweight Championship and one design being the IC Championship, therefore allowing people to... You can either pick your side and you can choose which belt you want to have, or if you're a collector, you can just get both cans. Um, so you can go along those lines. That's where it comes from, basically. I picked this one because I liked the pink in the background of it. Yeah. <laughs> I said Joe the one that had more of the black in the background. That was that was the that was the in-depth level of what I went to on that. As I was like, oh, I quite like the pink in this one, so I'm gonna go <laughs> gonna go with this one. That's fair. If I personally, I'm the the IC the Intercontinental Championship belt is one of my favourite belts of all time, um, especially the traditional white belt, uh, which was mm. brought back by Cody Rhodes donkey years ago, and they, they replaced it recently with just this horrific mess of a belt. Uh, it makes me sad every single time I look at it because that white belt with the gold is just so iconic and beautiful, yeah. just amazing. Yeah, I, I, love, I love the fact that you were like, "That's the road we're taking." Because yeah, it's what, what do you do when? What do you do when you go? Oh, there's two people fighting each other that are both notoriously not great people. But mm-hmm. that's the theme that we that you've got to go with more or less. Yeah, this is how you do things. It's like, oh, I feel like you've handled that in a really tactful way. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. <laughs> uh, un- unfortunately, it's a very underlying theme in wrestling that we have, especially until like until maybe our like. 23rd 24th birthday 
we're going to struggle because there's a lot of parts of wrestling history that we don't want to touch upon. Yeah. Um, there's a question that I know Tori wants to ask in a bit, um, which will delve into that question a little bit further. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things that we don't want to touch upon um, for reasons that just, they make us uncomfortable as individuals and therefore they're not going to have a good feeling for for wider audiences, especially when we have to explain what they are to non-wrestling fans and everyone just goes, you like wrestling? <laughs> it's a question that comes up a lot as a wrestling fan. I'm fully aware of that. Um, so it's just ways of doing that. So yeah, that, that's what the, the wrestling pack that we did. So it was those those four uh, that we did into can, and then the other four beers that we did for the birthday were the Bonafi Brown Ale, um, which also fittingly um, at WrestleMania 6, Rowdy Roddy Piper fought Bad News Brown. So that's did you a, did you th- so did that play at all into it or was that just a positive coincidence? Positive yeah, did coincidence. the did the wrestling names come first and then the beer or the other way around or a little bit of both? Uh, most of the name first and the beer back. Okay, that's not how it goes. Um, like for example, the, the other one of our other birthday beers was Jake the Shake, which is obviously a play on Jake the Snake Roberts, which yeah. is a name that we've had for a very long time. But that was a peach milkshake IPA. Um, we then that also wasn't canned. That <laughs> um, you just are like, here's all these other amazing ones that you, you cannot have. <laughs> but no, that's good because then it's like, no, you have to go to that tap room to get that amazing sounding beer. Not in the tap room, they are available for bars across the country as well. Yeah. Um, Start putting your request into your local bars, people. Yeah. Um, we also did Can You Dig It, which was a mojito sour, oh. which was a collab with a local brew pub in Colwyn Bay, North Wales, called Black Oak. Um, owned by Andy and Max, who are just two of the nicest individuals in the entire world. Um, I was drinking with them last weekend for an event, um, and they're just amazing. They're just they're just beautiful people to be around. Andy's like a little tickle me elmo. He just <laughs> giggles, giggles at everything, and it's brilliant. Um, so we did that with those guys, and then we also brought like a collab that we did with Hackneybury from London, which was called Flash Photography. So that was a five point nine percent West Coast IPA. Um, they brewed it for us a couple of years back, so we decided to replicate it this year. Um, and again, it's come out an absolute barnstorm of a beard. It was just gorgeous. And it also went out onto cask, and I've drank it on cask several places. And it, it, oh, good lord. It's again, it's very much a Kevin Rogan's beer. 6%, but you can drink a pint of it without question. Oh, dear. That's another one of like the uh, me being a label magpie is i wanted that one when i saw you put it on socials because i really wanted the label on it because as a person that just i am not going to consider myself even an amateur photographer because my photography skills are not that good but i love taking photos like i like taking photos i like seeing something and going this composition's amazing i want to do this so that label i was like oh i just want it for the label and then that was another one yes this not this not canned i'm like no (laughs) One thing I will point out for anybody as well, if anybody who sees their artworks and likes it, um, and whether you're a beer collector who likes to do you know, little projects and stuff, if you ever want to get any top rope beer labels, please give me a shout. Um, all I ask is that you send me a stamp dress envelope and I will send you as many beer labels as I can muster because I've got like all beer labels from like two, three, four years ago that are just sitting in the brewery that I can't do anything Amazing. with. Um, I can do that. Yeah. Like I can send you a yeah. stamp label. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> So yeah, there's like a part of me that doesn't want to throw these away because obviously, yeah. you know, they're quite a big part of my history. Um, but at the same time, I've got nothing else I can do with them. So if anybody who's listening to this whatever wants to get hold of any, please just drop me an email, drop us a message on Facebook or Instagram, whatever it is, um, and I'll sort out how to get them out to you because I, I want to make sure that these pieces of what are essentially artwork, because our artist Tom Sumner is an absolute fecking god with what he does. Yeah. He's brilliant. 
Um, What's to say they're all done by the same? The same person does all of them. Yeah, every every piece That's, of art that we have is done by a fellow. This Tom, one, like so this, cool. amazing. I genuinely yeah. really like the belt one. I I yeah. think it's just. Yeah, so um, he's on he's on Instagram as underscore Thomas Sumner, S-U-M-N-E-R. Um, so I'd highly recommend go check him out. He's a graphic designer. And he's absolutely just brilliant. Um, but yeah, I, I want to make sure that all of these things, I, I, the last thing I want to do is throw them away because it is like throwing away a piece of art to me. Yeah. Um, and if somebody else can make use of these labels, um, then it's going to cost you a stamp in an envelope and I will send you out literally as many as, many as I can stuff into the envelope, I'll send them all out. Oh yeah, I could definitely do that. Amazing. I'll definitely send you one because yeah. I I love collecting labels. I do feel like I'm cheating when it's something I haven't had, but I would just sort of. So I tend to not because I'm like, if I haven't had it, it feels like I've cheated to get it. But for the sake of, I've got some frames that I've just been really lazy with filling up, and I wanted to. It sounds really stupid, but I wanted to sort of fill up these frames and have them like. There's different seasonal ones, like all the ice cream pails. I'd like mm-hmm. to have all the ice cream pails on one or, yeah. you know, dessert ones on one and, mm-hmm. you know, just really cool artwork that I like on another one and, you, you know, Halloween-themed ones for a Halloween one and yeah. uh, and just change them out every so often and just cycle them around. So I feel like I'm cheating, but then I also kind of feel like, well, if I'm hanging it up and, you know, I'm not really also, claiming I've drank it. <laughs> if, if it beer's out of production, that's all as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's the you know, I can't help that one. <laughs> uh so you mentioned obviously there was uh something that you knew I was gonna ask you this question anyway. So I know you did the um you did a beer for International Women's Collaboration Brew Day this past year. I, I got it, it was really lovely. It was so um, delicious. It was really good. Um I'm assuming that's what it was you were referring to that you knew I was gonna ask you about. Yes, it wasn't tell us more about that. Um I I did a few of these conversations and I always feel it prevalent to start off my conversation about these by saying, yes, I am a straight white male. Um, so I'm aware that the things that I may discuss are subjects which have been raised, raised by females and by the women within both within beer and out of beer. Um, so if I, if I upset or offend anybody with what I'm talking about, do apologize, put me straight, make me aware of it. Please do. I really, really appreciate any of that. Um, so basically uh, up in the level, we have um, a woman called Julie, um, Julie O'Grady, who is a part owner of Neptune Brewery, um, who um, started and sort of runs Ladies at Beer, which is a massively important um, social group that is designed to get women into beer. Because as you two know, it's not scary. Just go drink a beer. If you want to drink a beer, just drink a goddamn just drink beer. A drink a beer. Just drink a beer. And so that's a basic, she started this years ago. Um, she's very, 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 very strong-willed woman. Um, she knows what she's doing. She knows how she's talking, what she's talking about. And she makes sure to sort of imbue that level of confidence into other women, both, I say, both in and out of the industry. Um, she has worked with International Women's Day for a number of years. Um, and she made it her duty this year to ensure that as many brewers as possible were able to highlight the, the female influence in them. Um, so from our standpoint, we have Pam, who is Ben's mum. She's one of our owners. And then there was my partner, Ruth, and Ben's partner, Sarah, who aren't, they're not massive beer drinkers, um, but they they both are sort of, you know, more engaging to the community than they were before um, they were involved with us and with Top Rope. So obviously there was, basically she got as many breweries as as possible to brew beers. So we... Pam, um, Ruth and Sarah all sat down and kind of went, okay, we need to brew a beer for International Women's Day. What are we going to do? 
Um, they all love sour beers, so that was basic. Um, my partner, Bruce, loves cherry. Um, and Sarah, Ben's partner, loves kiwi. So they went, cherry and kiwi sour. Cool. That's very easily done. Um, so we got them down for a brew day. Um, everybody went in. Uh, they helped us brew the beer, as Pam, Pam does every day anyway. That's her job is to, you know, she's kind of a, a brew assistant. Um, so she does that for a living anyway. Um, but it's just a case of, you know, helping to get these people involved in what we do. And then in terms of when it came to kind of naming the beer, we were very careful because, again, the female side of wrestling is very tenuous um, up until 2015, which is when the Women's Revolution, which is what we coined our beer, kicked in. Um, females in wrestling weren't given any of the credit that they had, unless she was someone like China, who was an absolute trailblazer in what she did. Um, she was the first woman to enter the all-men's Royal Rumble. She was the first female to win a male's belt. Um, and her career was essentially just spent beating up men because she generally was an incredible athlete. Other than that, it tended to just be, you know, six-foot-leggy blondes who looked good in a bikini, and that was basically it. Um, so we, we we made sure to kind of sit down and actually think about what we were doing with it. So we, we named it after the Women's Revolution of 2015, which is when you had um, the, the women who were called the Four Hawthorne. So there's Bailey, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. Uh, they had a fatal falling match. Um, and they're all still signed to the WWE. They're all multi-time world champions. And they're all some of the greatest female wrestlers at all in general. Um, so we were fortunate enough to be able to name a beer after those and the, the movement that they helped start, which has now led to women in the industry being more um, highly, highly regarded, as opposed to just having little two-minute squash matches. They now have, uh, we've had the first women's pay-per-view main event. Um, it was, they ran our first women's WrestleMania main event, which okay. was Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. They ended WrestleMania, which if anybody who knows anything about wrestling is like, that's the match of the year. Yeah. That's the, the biggest showcase that you can possibly have. Yeah. It's headlined by females um, to the point now in AEW where you've got, they've, they've got two um, female belts. There's, there's female tag team divisions. Um, in Liverpool, we have our local promotion TNT. They've had their first all women's weekend shows um, where the entire card have been dedicated just to female wrestling. Uh, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, so we, we were happy to be able to take part in that um, and to help showcase, from our standpoint, help showcase females in our industry, in the beer industry, but also to help showcase the way that women are perceived within the wrestling industry as well. Um, there's been a few similarities, both having, you know, both wrestling and beer have the, their own Me Too movements kind of within a short space of time with each other, which for me was very, very painful to have to go through it really? twice. Yeah. And be like it was a pain. Um, again, as I say, I, I'm aware it's nothing in comparison to what the females are going through, but it still hurts to have to watch it take place and um, go through. But you know, we like to do everything that we can to ensure that, that that takes place and that you know it carries on further afield to make sure that women get the representation that they need to do. So hopefully, hopefully we get invited back again this year or next year. Sorry, in 2022. Um, we'll, we'll dive into that as, as, as strong as we can to make sure that that is a key priority because it is a very strong, very strong message that we like to portray as much as we possibly can. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was just great to be invited into that scene and that sort of that side of it all um, into something that is a key issue that has to be discussed at every single opportunity. And um, is 
usually a very awkward conversation to have, but it's still something that needs to be taken place and we were very happy to be a part of it. I think I think you have to lean into the awkward though, don't you? Like if you shy away from the awkward, then nothing's going to change. If if you just go, oh, it's too uncomfortable and it's too awkward to have a conversation, or it, nothing ever changes. I think actually, what's really brilliant is you. You know, you started off before saying, you know, I'm straight white male. I, you know, I've I've not done this. If if I've said something that's offensive, like please let me, like please let me know. Please speak to me because I I don't want to say something that's going to offend somebody. Or I don't want to to do this. And I think that's like the first step in. Mm-hmm in having those conversations is to not be like, yeah, you know, or it might be an awkward conversation. I don't want to have it. I think that's really great. And I didn't realize just how much uh, the beer that you brewed was so tied. Again, <laughs> the the names you pick and whether intentionally all the time or, or unintentionally go so deep. I, I feel like this one in particular, how deep it goes is just so like, it's really powerful. The other ones, it's just a bit of, you know, it's, it's silly, it's fun. This one, it just feels like a really powerful going deep. And that is yeah. amazing. And then I also felt like the the the, the style, well, the flavour you chose, not so much the style, because I mean, I think, I feel like there's a lot of women that absolutely love sours as well. I, I don't know why, which really t- just tends to land really <laughs> well, I feel like, with women. But um, um, that's me generalising, and I don't, I'm not tarring everyone with the same brush. But on a whole, I feel like I speak to a lot of women, and we're all just like, yeah, sours, hells yeah. But um, I think the choice of kiwi, like yeah. cherry, you go, yeah, okay, kiwi. You don't see that a lot, and I feel like that's a bold move in itself. Did you find any challenges with trying to brew with kiwi um no it was again as with, with the vast majority of, of our sort of fruit laden beers we tend to um add the fruits towards the end of fermentation because I'm, I'm sure that you guys have also found the issues where you've had um breweries where they've made fruit and beers and they haven't allowed it to fully ferment out so you can yes. essentially you can end up with that secondary fermentation you can end up with exploding cans which we've also we, we've suffered from uh, I'm not going to say that we, you know, we have had them and, and they're not nice at all. So we, we learned very quickly from those to make sure that whenever you are using fruit, that it is done in the safest possible manner to ensure that the product you're sending out is safe because there's nothing worse than having to someone go to you, this can explode. You're like, I'm hoping you weren't holding it. Right, um, right. You weren't near happened. it when it happened. Yeah, so with that one, it was a case of as we treat all of our fruit beers, we added the fruit towards the end of fermentation. So we we're making sure that the yeast was still active um, and that the obviously the sugars in the fruit were still going to be absorbed and you know consumed by the yeast to make sure that most of them was gone as possible we then made sure to crash it down very heavily we made sure to dump it very heavily so that no residual fruit's going to be left in the beer when it was packaged uh, but you're still going to get all of that aroma and all of that um sort of uh, the, the flavor that you get from kiwi and cherry um, and we like the two of them together because usually if you're using a very distinct flavor like cherry or kiwi, you'll tend to blend it with a sort of a subtler fruit so they don't contrast too much, but they're both big, big, strong flavors. Um, and But they work brilliantly, just like yeah. the, the, the tartness of the cherry and the tartness of the kiwi just for some reason just combined um, as you would do when you get red and red and yellow or red and green, sorry, you put red and green together and it's just this massive explosion and that's exactly what we've got from it. Yeah, I just I thought that was such a bold move because I don't see a lot of a lot of breweries using utilizing kiwi much in in beers, and I didn't know if there was a particular challenge that presented itself with that, or if people didn't sort of think to use it because it's not something that immediately comes to the forefront of your brain. But I thought that was absolutely brilliant because I do love a good kiwi. I, as a kid, 
my mum used to buy kiwis and I'd just split them in half and eat it out with a spoon, like eat yeah. the centre bit out with a spoon. Um, yeah. Haven't done that in like so many years, but um, yeah, love a good kiwi. So when I saw that, I was just like, that's so unique and so different. I love the label on it. It was just like brightly, it was very brightly coloured. It was, it was great. And I was like, yeah, 100% need to get that. And then it ended up tasting amazing. I was like, I'm not sure how this is going to work with it being <laughs> kiwi in a beer. And then I drank it. I was like, it's really nice. <laughs> so kudos on that you really pulled that one off um you mentioned about Japanese uh the Japanese wrestling scene it's really funny that you that you say that because one when you were talking the question I was going to ask you after that was like have you watched the Japanese wrestling scene um because obviously I'm I, I love Japanese stuff as Joanne knows um and I never knew that much about wrestling until uh well first introduced to it like a few years ago on the show called Terrace House because one of the women that were in Terrace House uh, was a female wrestler she unfortunately um, has passed away she uh, she had some internet bullying it was uh, really a really really sad story and they've stopped doing that show because of what she got off the back end of that but she was incredibly incredibly talented um, so that was the first time that I had sort of heard about it and I was like I didn't realize that there was that that, Jap- that wrestling was that big in Japan, and then since then, uh, I do you know who Ladybeard is? Um, no, <laughs> he is a a big dude from I I think he's from Australia or New Zealand. New Zealand, I think it is that he's from. Um, I could be wrong. It might be Australia. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but he went and he did wrestling in again. I want to say Hong Kong for a bit of a time he did some wrestling somewhere uh and then in in a different part of um asia and then he went over to japan and his whole thing is that he dresses as like a lolly <laughs> he gets to, he's got this big old beard but then he puts on a wig and he puts his wig on with his pigtails and he dresses up in lolly and he's just this like massive massive dude but he puts on he's so energetic and he puts on such a good show but he was actually talking about that whole thing about yeah it was really weird going from one wrestling scene to another wrestling scene he had done stunt work in the past and then moved into wrestling and 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 he was saying about how like wrestling in the wrestling scene it was so weird having people be just dead silent when you're, when you're wrestling and then just something would happen and they'd be like yeah and it's yeah. yeah crazy yeah combination of that and combination of japan being some of the the hardest hitting like there's the whole thing of you know of, of japanese strong style being known worldwide as being one of the stiffest because we're all we're all fully aware that wrestling is fake you know it's predetermined the outcomes are fake the yeah. outcomes are uh, everyone knows what's going to happen with it but it's entertainment but it does also require athleticism like yeah, from what really. i understand it does actually require um, practice like, and they've got to be safe yeah. uh, you know they really? could seriously damage you could each hurt other somebody. yeah you could yeah. hurt somebody and i listened to a podcast uh it's called beautiful anonymous where just random people call in and tell stories and this person that's a an alt comic in the US. Um, he's the one that hosts it, and he's also a massive wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody called in. It's basically anybody can call in, and you just tell a story. You stay anonymous. You just can tell a story about anything. And someone knows that he is a massive, massive wrestling fan, and they called in, and they were talking about how they were a wrestler, an amateur wrestler in the US, and they were just saying about how much actual work that he went to school for wrestling yeah. he, he did all this training for wrestling because you could really as joseph you could really hurt yourself if you do something the wrong way so yeah maybe the storylines are fake 
yeah so quote unquote and it's it's predetermined but that shouldn't take away from the fact that people bust their ass to do yeah. it yeah it's a it's a form of entertainment it's the same with dancers and singers people are like oh you just get but you just dance you just sing those people have trained years to get to that point they yeah. have to go to the gym they have to practice they have to put all this in like I'm a former wardrobe supervisor from theatre. Like I've seen the work that these people put in. Yeah. It's not easy to oh, be no. able to do that and to continue in that condition. Yeah. Like wrestling's the same. It's entertainment. They've got to be working. They've got to keep themselves in tip-top condition. They've got to practice. Like it, there's a lot behind it that people don't see. Much oh, yeah. like the beer industry. <laughs> exactly. But there's, there's there's a difference between you know. But the the, the difference in wrestling is that you have to be as safe as possible, but also make it look like it hurts. Right. Which is where it all comes into it, which is yeah. where, the, where the likes of the Japanese style all, they don't make it look like it hurts. Oh. They make it hurt. Oh, yeah. They actually do it. They, they oh, commit. God. When they do, like, yeah. if they go and do things, they commit to it. Like, yeah, like, um, watching recently, watching um, a match between uh, Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston. Um, Brian Danielson is arguably one of the greatest wrestlers working today. Um, if not of all time, both from a standpoint of his character work and his actual technical ability, he is insane. And um, Eddie Kingston is a brawler from the new, from the streets of New York. He's a proper, you know, New York style badass. Within, I'd say, sixty to ninety seconds of the match with Brian Danielson, um, Eddie Kingston was essentially chopping his chest. So it was basically just smacking him on the chest with his bare hand. That's all it was. Um, Brian Danielson's chest was bright red from just bruises and marks of where he hit it. And it's like, yeah, they didn't stop the match and put, on a, put a makeup artist in there. That was his actual chest getting, yeah. getting beaten down. And, and that's a mentality that, that, that Danielson had from wrestling in Japan, which is some things, you know, it's the age-old mentality of, I'll just tough it up and deal with it. But in that, in that situation, it's a case of, yeah, don't try and make it look dangerous. The, the, the simple thing that you chop in the chest get chopped in the chest like dangerous moves like hurricane runners you know brain busters when things like when you get dropped in your neck do those safely but make it look painful but the easy things you know if it takes it to get smacked in the chest and then these people will do it but the japanese are without question the worst for it um because they just have no they have no respect for in, in terms of wrestling they've got no respect for like their own safety and their yeah. own well-being um when it comes to putting on a show for the crowd they will do whatever it takes to to be the most brutal motherfucker that's ever stepped between those ropes. Simple as that. I believe it. And, and I know that from my understanding, just basically having been introduced into it from the perspective of a female wrestler, their female wrestling scene is like quite big in comparison as well from, from what I understand. And like, you know how you're saying, you know, up until that revolution, it was mm. just who could fit in a, in a in a bikini like leggy in a bikini and then yeah. that was sort of it and until that revolution happened in japan it's it's definitely i don't feel it has that sexual element to it at all it's no. just these absolutely like badass women that are getting in there and they are it is it is amazing from from the little bit that i saw after looking into it from from seeing um her name was hannah um after seeing what she was doing oh it, it is incredible so yeah I, I felt like it would have been a miss not to have asked you that and then you brought up the Japanese wrestling scene on your own and I was like okay cool so I'm not super far off on how uh on how big that that is over there um, oh no in in Japan it is like it's like a you know a recognized actual in the way that the American street baseball the Japanese street wrestling it's like a 
a thing that you go to and you watch. No, you can sell out an 80,000 seat arena like that if you've got a match on. Um, like years ago, you had the likes of Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho and in Japan, and the matches were like instantly sold out. They were top of the card. Some of the, you know, the greatest professional wrestling that you've ever seen. And it's just like next levels, which is one of the reasons why having something like AEW, the All Elite Wrestling, which is a promotion that started three years ago, has been great. Um, because they've opened what's called the Forbidden Door, mm. which is up until AEW, um, WWE was wrestling. That was it. They they don't recognize anything else. They don't address any of the promotions. It'd be the it'd be the way that you know top rope went. We are the only brewery in the world. There's no other brewery at all. That's what WWE did. But AW came into it and they went, well, there's wrestling in Japan. So they started bringing Japanese wrestlers from New Japan into their brand to allow American audiences to see these wrestlers who they may not know of. In the same way that their wrestlers went over to Japan. And there's other um US wrestling companies like Impact, um, who is weirdly Impact owned by Billy Corgan. Oh, what? Yes. Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. What? Oh. Yeah, he's a massive. So, apologies. No, he owns, he owns NWA. Sorry, apologies. Um, but yeah, no, Billy Corgan is a massive wrestling fan. That's um, so random as hell. Also, I referenced Zwan the other day because someone said Billy Corgan and I went and I didn't say, sm- they said Smashing Pumpkins and I went, and Zwan. And they went, I forgot all about Zwan. I was like, yeah, everyone did. But whenever, whenever, <laughs> I, think, whenever I think of Billy Corgan, all, all I can think is, Homer Simpson, smiling politely. <laughs> all I can think of um, <laughs> but yeah it, 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 no, it allows wrestlers to sort of dip between different promotions and fight different people and all kinds of stuff so having that level of you know openness about it all and being able to bring talents over from the likes of Japan like Minoru Suzuki who's like 53 year old his nickname is the murder granddaddy because he's just genuinely terrifying <laughs> um, having him fight people like you know for fun again is just incredible to watch as a wrestling fan that's it. That's that's on my list of like when I go to Japan next. Uh, so I've I've ticked off all the things that I the first time round I ticked off all the things I really wanted to do. The second time round we ticked off all the things we missed the first time and a few extras that were like the nice to have. Third time round it's like now it's going down to the I'm definitely have to go to a wrestling match because <laughs> now that I know like how badass wrestling is over there, I'm like yeah have to do that. I feel like I need to do that more than some other cultural things that you have to experience over there. I'm like wrestling. That's one of the things I have to go to because I absolutely love it. So hands down, that is that is next on the list. Tick that off for sure. The two things I want to do in Japan are wrestling and KFC on Christmas. Yes, I've had KFC in Japan. No? Was, it on, was, it, on was it on Christmas? Was it Christmas KFC in Japan? <laughs> no, no, but I do love that whole tradition, but it's really expensive. <laughs> yeah, because like, it's really expensive, and they give you like, um, a, there's like a gelatin or something like that. Is is like the pudding? And you're like, oh, I don't, don't really want that. But all right, it's it's really funny. It's so I get why you'd want to do it. It is so bizarre, and it is yeah. just so cool. But yeah, I was not a fan. I love KFC. I was not a fan. Not of a fan. KFC, yeah not not for me not for me um but before we let you plug things and say your upcoming beers and all that good stuff i feel mm. like joe's eyes are going to glaze over but uh i'd be amiss to also not mention this the frank turner show that you did guys. at your brewery i still have one of the beers from it <laughs> because so i like, refuse to drink it because she's so was, upset I, wait i'm sure it's probably past its pbe at this point that's my fault because i've been ho- holding on to it i wanted to save it for when the new 
I wasn't sure when his new album was coming out. I was like, February. For that. Yes, February now. I've pre-ordered it. Uh, but <laughs> I was so gutted I couldn't go to that show. We almost drove. I'm not joking. My husband was fully on board to drive to Liverpool and back in the same night because I just changed jobs. I entered the contest uh, when I was in my old job. I then got offered a new job. I took the new job lost a whole fuck ton of holiday because I'm going to the US at Christmas um, and I started halfway through the year then won the contest and I was like cloud nine happiest I could ever be absolutely love Frank Turner used to go to at least one show a year if not multiple and then I realized I didn't have the holiday and my husband is an absolute trooper he was like if you want to drive to Liverpool I won't drink you can drive there I will drive us home and we will get back for like two or three o'clock in the morning and then you can go to work the next day. And I was like, just the gesture alone was really nice, but I cannot make you do that. I felt way too guilty, but it looked amazing. And I'm so jealous. I need to know, like, how did you get to do that? That is so, it was so cool. And you did a whole beer for it. Yeah. Um, it was a good beer. It was a really good beer. <laughs> it was surreal, to be fair. Um, it actually started um, <clears throat> two years ago. Um, I'm a massive Frank Taylor fan, obviously. Um, I've got <laughs> I've got the recovery tattoo on my uh, on my leg. Um, that is getting adapted and getting changed. I'm getting the number two five two seven tatted onto it because that, that was our show number. Um, Amazing. Basically, he, he did a beer years ago with um, Signature, and that bit gone. I, I just you know was in the brewery one day. I was just like, I'll email him because I know that he he still answers his own emails. So I've, I've had a few like song requests on the show. So I emailed him. Just kind of went you've done this thing in the past. I don't know whether you'd be interested in trying it again. What's going to happen? He emailed him and he went, that sounds good. I have a chat to my manager. So he copied me into his manager, um, Charlie at Extra Mile. We had a conversation about stuff, kind of you know, start to get a few ideas flowing through. And then obviously that was like mid 2019 and then everything hit the shit. Shit. Um, so we all just kind of oh, went, <laughs> not going to happen basically. Um, and then Frank Turner started doing all of those like live um, Facebook streams. And at one point I saw him drinking calls on there. So I was like, right, what's your address? I'm sending you some beer. I'm sending you better beer. <laughs> Please drink <laughs> better beer. <laughs> You're sitting there touting the virtues of independent local venues. And he's drinking the calls. Uh, but you can't drink independent local beer. Exactly. So, But oh, to be dear. fair, well, give, honestly... What he did during the lockdown for, oh, yeah. for like I was there every Thursday, mm-hmm. beer in hand, my my independent beer in hand, yeah. watching his shows, and it really just I felt like it just cheered everyone up, and to see everyone across a globe, like people in the US, they were like, "I'm in the US and I'm watching this now," and then you'd have people in other time zones that were like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in this country and I'm watching it," and it just I feel like it just collectively made everybody feel better for an yeah. hour out of their Thursday, out of their week, when they couldn't leave their house. And it was absolutely yeah. brilliant. 100% it was. Um, but get so a better we, bit. Uh, we, we, yeah. <laughs> we, we, kind of, we kind of kept in touch. And then it was, um, we'd moved to the new site. So you're talking about sort of maybe January, sort of February time this year. Um, I'd contacted um, his management team again. I was like, okay, we had this conversation. Uh, we've just moved over. Would you be interested in doing something again? And they were like, okay, well, he has this new single coming out. We've got this thing, we kind of seems to show us what we're looking to do. We can maybe work with that. So um Frank's um one of his tour, one of his tour guys, a fellow called Dougie, uh, who is just one of the greatest member people in the world. Um, he lives close to the brewery. 
So he, he got a phone call saying, do you want to go for a beer tasting in a brewery? And he went, he said yes. Like, does, does the, you know, the bear shit in the woods? Right. He was like, oh, no, please, don't no, make don't me. Make I guess if it's for business, I'll do it. <laughs> happened. So he came, he came, he came down um, with a lass called Ali, who is um, one of Frank's um, light, light techs. And she, again, she's amazing. Um, annoyingly, uh, she couldn't rig our, our late skate because she's um, on tour with, um, she's actually on tour with Rick Astley at the moment, which I know, I know Doug She's never going to give that up. Yeah. No, it's not a case of that. Dougie's never going to get her back because Rick will never give her up. <laughs> I couldn't not say that. It just fell so perfectly. Yeah, so sorry. Um, they, they came down to the brewery, um, had a little bit of, bit of a tasting event, sort of, you know, sampled some of our beers to make sure that, you know, we were the kind of brewery they wanted to work with. Um, they obviously, they loved the beers. So like, yep, yeah, we'll go ahead and do the beer. We were like, Sam will do a simple sort of, you know, the beer that came out, basically the, the sort of the 4.8% Mosaic and Simcoe Pale Ale. Just... A gig beer, the kind of beer you can go to a gig and go, right, three packs of these, I'm done, I'm happy. Um, and then we were sitting there and it was just Dougie kind of went, eh, I can do a gig here. Like, what? I like, I, I, can, I can put a gig on it if you want. It's like, yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so oh, that is my dream. Oh my so God. The, so yeah, the conversation sort of steamrolled with Frank's people. Um, turned out he was doing an afternoon event in Manchester on the 8th of July. It's like, oh, he's doing that in the afternoon. He can come over afterwards. All got booked in. Uh, we gave away 60, pa- 60 tickets, so 30 pairs of tickets. Um, we had 3,600 people enter. Wow. Um, we had, like, you know, space for a few friends and families. We had about 100 people in total sort of on site for it. Um, was, I'll never forget this point of being stood there. I, everything's getting set up, you know, speakers are up. We had um, we had pet needs and we had berries were supporting um, both incredible bands. So highly recommend going to see those guys. And um, pet needs have just started to record their second album. And berries were signed in February of this year. Berries um, played, I believe, at Lost Evenings uh, on the, on a really small stage. Yeah. Uh, the the when I went on the Sunday, they were playing the very small outside stage of the Roundhouse. Yeah, because um, that sounds familiar. It was a f- yeah. female band. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's who played. They were really good. They were incredibly good. Yeah. Just for motor as well. I've, I've got tickets for, for Berlin next year. Just honestly. So we were stood there, things get happening, and then we just kind of looked over and just went, oh, Frank Turner's just walked in the Frank Turner's walked in the brewery. I would shit. I would be like, what? <sighs> Like, like, I, should we like play it cool? Play it cool. It's, it's <laughs> like, I know this is happening, but then when it's actually there, you're just like, well, this is just a whole different level. Um, went to the sound check, people turned up. The night was just incredible like 100 people all Love there doing themselves. I mean, it's the point when I stopped at one point and kind of said to myself, this is the first time for like two years that a lot of people have been together because it, it was still during the restriction, but it was done COVID safe. Yeah. Yes. It was, it was when the, it was when the restrictions sort of like were eased enough that people could travel because I know that I could sort of travel from where I am to where you, to where you are. Yeah. Um, but it was still very much like the, it was that first layer of coming out of lockdown where it was kind of like the heaviest of the restrictions while still being able to move about freely yeah um but i think the way it, the way it looks like you executed it was yeah pretty pretty spot on yeah so we had like you said 100 people there and uh, everyone you know as they just realized that this was the first time that people have been together um was incredible and I'm, I'm not gonna lie there was a there was a point when i was stood there in front of nicole's store the pint of beer 
just stood watching Frank Turner sing songs at me. And if I'd have stopped, like actually like properly stopped at any point, I genuinely would have, would have broke down crying. Yeah. It yeah, I probably would have. Level. I'm yeah. not a crier and I probably would have cried. Yeah. I probably would have been like, oh my God. Especially if it was like, if I were in your position, I was like, this is my brewery. This is yeah. somebody that I find it's like, I don't know about you. Like for me, he's massive. Just, I've always found that he's a person that can, his music styles have changed in so many different ways, but they've been so amazing every single different way that he's executed it. He's gone, you know, hardcore to acoustic to a bit more like classic rock and roll to alternative to more punk to everything yeah. and it's always been consistent and just his mm-hmm. lyrics he's such a lyricist yeah. like it is amazing his backing band's amazing the sleeping souls are so good yeah. and his energy at a show i have never seen somebody that has more commitment dedication and passion for what they do in the music industry and i feel like that's got to be amazing you're somebody that's passionate in the beer industry and you have someone that's so passionate in the music side and that's come yeah. together yeah. i just that would be so surreal i would just be like oh, just be, then, be know, cool don't cry it's all good yeah. <laughs> combination of that then doing shots of tequila with them afterwards um, and then at one point we had one of the guys who come down come down for photos literally walked to the end of the show and went here you go and handed me a polaroid picture of polaroid picture <laughs> that's brilliant so that is that's framed with the sign set list on the brewery, one of the brewery walls. For anyone that doesn't know, Joanne included Polaroid Picture is a song. So I'm assuming he was singing that song and yes. he took a Polaroid of it. Yeah, because it, it was even better. It, it, obviously, it, it was the, the songbook version of Polaroid Picture, which I prefer. I mean, okay. I, I still love the Take the Heart original version, but the Polaroid version with that, the slowed down beat and the slow drum beat, it's just a fantastic way to end a set list. Oh. So yeah, having an actual Polaroid Picture of Polaroid Picture um was incredible uh, but overall just the entire event was insane just I say everyone who was there was incredible um they drank so much beer the, the weird thing was as well the weird part was as well like we had like they went through like two cases of the yeti oh wow this is like a friendly game like some friends right. That some friends come you down. You expect sessionable beers are going to be the ones that fly, not the ten percenters. Got to a point where, like, if, if a few friends would come down and went, "Oh, they're looking at this," we'll give them a helping hand. Stood up and went, "Oh no, we're a little bit wobbly now. We'll just sit here and stay drinking." <laughs> uh, so no, that there, that 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 night was um, was just nuts uh, to the point when the, with the birthday event that we had um, on the the sixth of November, the sound for that was done by Dougie. Um, oh wow! Frank, oh wow! Amazing. Um, he's become a good friend of ours so he, he yeah. was able, able to come down and sort that out for us um again he's just one of the nicest guys in the world um and it was incredible so yeah a, a combination of you know a get to have frank turner play in the brewery get to meet frank turner to get to do all that kind of stuff and yeah. you know meet all of his friends all of his, his, his sort of his you know friends in and a family circle, and his, isn't it? yeah yeah but then it's getting to the, the lasting effects of that um have just been incredible and and, and the beer was so sad like as you said the beer was a very sessionable Mm-hmm. it was a gig beer it was so yeah. perfect to sit like if I was going to a gig that is what I would gravitate towards uh because I feel like you go to gigs and a lot of the venues they're like you can have a Foster's or you can have it and I'm like no I'd Thanks. rather not <laughs> um so yeah we, yeah. we, yeah, we, we specifically we, we specifically designed that beer to be a beer that you can go to a, to an event at so 4.8 percent under five so you know you're not if, if someone has to drive they can have a pint of it and they're okay if someone wants to have four pints over the course of the night, you're not going to end up shit-faced because of it. It was designed as a beer to drink and be able to have a few pints of and still enjoy the atmosphere. 
Nice. That's exactly what it was. Absolutely brilliant. Speaking of events, do you have it? Was that the first event actually that you guys had since opening, or had you had events before that? Um, we'd done a couple of small tap rooms, uh, but that was the first like big proper event with, I say, a hundred people. Um, that was insane. We have regular tap rooms. Um, starting from next year, we are doing from March. We're doing the second and fourth Saturday of every single month. Will be open um, from twelve to eight. So you can come down, you can drink beer, you can eat pies that are made from a company called Pullman Jacks, who are based a 10-minute drive from our brewery. Nice. And are, oh, oh. I, love a good, I love a good pie, so I feel like, Joe, we need to take this into account when right, we plan Liverpool trip. Yeah, <laughs> we need to plan the right days. weekends to go yeah, to I mean, they, they, They've recently just won a bunch of awards at the Pie Awards in Melton Mulberry. Oh, amazing. Um, I didn't even they know there were Pie Awards. Yeah, there's Pie Awards. Do you not listen to Radio Two? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> They do like a, a minced uh, minced steak, um, onion and Guinness pie that they won a silver award for. They do a salt and pepper cheese pie. Oh. Um, they do an amazing chicken and mushroom. But then they also have a range of specials. Um, so recently, you do a pie one. with your beer. It's it's in the works. It's in the works. <laughs> um, but for Halloween, they had a, a Halloween fingers, which was char siu sausage, hash brown cheese and beans. Mm, that sounds um, amazing. We've had a chip shop curry. We've had. I a, might be able to sell Gordon on Liverpool for that. We've had a chicken kebab pie with homemade chili sauce. Amazing. It's undrooling. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> their, their pies are always available at the tap room as well. So there'll be a range of beers, that the go, and you can just, you know, come and drink in a beautiful little, uh, little brew in, in North Liverpool. Amazing. There we go. That's it. We're, we're going we're gonna to plan sold. accordingly so that we actually go when you're open yeah, and when you're we've got to visit pass. you guys if we're Because we'll, that's what be what happened is like, we'll plan it. If we didn't know that, we'd just be like, yeah, so for any time. And then we'll go, it's closed, sad mm. time. So yeah, we'll plan it accordingly. We'll get pies, we'll get beers. It'll be all good. Um, any other events that are coming up that you want to plug? Um, any we... beers that are coming up that you want to plug? Feel free, plug away. Yes, well, we've got, um, this is going up Monday. So we've got yep. we're taking over Black Cat Tap Room in Liverpool, Smithdown Road. Uh, we're taking over there again um, as part of our birthday celebrations. We've also just done a recent collab with them, um, which is going to be a flying saucer beer. Ooh. Which does mean I put a kilo and a half of flying saucers into a beer. Tori, do you oh. know what a flying saucer is? I know what it is. I wasn't going blank. I do, know. No, 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 no. I do know what that is, but I was trying to process when you said flying saucer. I was like, what? And then I realised. Yes. But I don't think, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think I've so ever had. Call up for that bar that's going out. Um, the start of December on the 3rd, we're taking over um, Beatniks Republic in New- in Manchester. Yep. Taking over that bar. Um, then we have uh, Black Lodge in Liverpool um, are hosting their annual brewers market, which we're taking over as well. Ooh, so it's going to be us. Um, Neptune Chapter Carnival, lovely. And all the local brewers going all down. The good beer. All the good breweries. Good vibes. All going down, selling merch, selling cans, you know, the usual kind of stuff. So you can get all your kind of, you know, either your own beers or your last minute Christmas presents together at the same time. Um, at the same time, that that first and second Saturday of, of December, we're going to be open to the tap room as well. So you can come down and beers in the brewery. We'll have gift packs available. So again, you can get cans. Um, we'll have those. Um, we're canning our last beers of the year on the 10th of December. We are bringing back Imperial Canadian Destroyer. Oh, um, we're bringing back Triple H, uh, our oh, yes. triple. Um, and yeah. then to counteract that, we're also bringing back Papa Mango and Shandy Savage. Oh, nice! Well, um, because I love that. Shandy Savage is a brilliant name. The more, the more I think about it, the more it makes me giggle. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've even got an even better one. Is that we're, we're going to take the series in the same vein as the Rowdy Body Porter series. 
Um, and we're going to base other beers off of Macho Man's other things Amazing. that you've done. I can't, I can't do it because when I think of Macho Man Randy Savage, I saw a Skyrim pod once a few years ago. <laughs> And Ooh. it was they that you just see the intro to Skyrim where the dragon comes out. But before you see the dragon, you just hear, oh, yeah, in the background. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden the dragon comes out and it's got Macho Man Randy Savage's head on it. And then it's going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. The, what, what we're doing is we're planning on that there is an um, independent tag team from Northern Ireland called Kings of the North. And one of, nice. their, one, one of their wrestlers is called Bonesaw. Nice. Right. If anybody's getting the reference between Bonesaw or Macho Man, which I'm guessing neither of you are. No. Not me. <laughs> no. Not a clue. Bonesaw was the wrestler that Tobey Maguire fought in the first Spider-Man in 2002. Oh, my God. The but... level of your... Oh, my God. It goes so deep. <laughs> which, which is... So deep. I need to like, like... My brother would probably get all of this. Like, he's always been into wrestling. I reckon he'd get it. He'd be like, oh, yeah, this, this, and this. And I'm like... Which is okay, which is cool. like Macho Man. Oh, Macho Man. He, he, now he, that you say now that you say Spider Man, I'm like, yeah, okay, Bonesaw did sound familiar. I didn't yeah, know why. He utters the famous line of Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> so that's our next. That's our next Shandy beer. Beer's Amazing. Done. Amazing. It's so deep. It's so yeah. deep. Right. <laughs> so final, very important question. Um, have you got hold of? Brew York and told them to cease and desist with stealing all of <laughs> the wrestler names for their beers. No, because we did a collab with them. Yeah, it was so um, funny. We saw that I, I, when we were at um, Bigfoot Festival, they yeah. had their Survivor Series range, and yeah. I went along to their tasting. And they were like, "We can't do any more of these because there's a brewery <laughs> called Top Rope." And I was like, "Yeah, I was going to say, like, have you spoken to Top Rope because you're stealing all their beer names? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> They were like, yeah, we can't. We can't do any more. Yeah. Uh, that had, made um, me laugh. We actually had a, a friend of ours was at the, the launch of the Survivor Series beers in York, at Brew yep. York. Um, and the response from Lee and Wayne was, we came up with these four and it was really hard. We don't know how the guys at Top Rope do this every single week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, we actually did in, it was weirdly in February 2020, right before everything kicked off, we yeah. actually went down there and we brewed a cherry lemongrass and kefir lime leaf sour called Big Red oh. Machine after after Kane. Yeah. Um, and so we we owe them a return like next year at some yeah. point. And we've got the beer already lined up. It's going to be called Pale Bearer. Amazing. <laughs> oh, I like that. So That's really good. That one so tickled me. Yeah. Yeah. So thankfully, we are very good friends with the guys at Brew yeah. So although that they, admittedly they did once get a retweet from Mick fucking Foley. Oh, no. They collabed with Turning Point and did Milk Foley. Yeah, they get yeah. a reboot, which is really annoying because I'm a massive, massive. Uh, yeah, they've done, they done you dirty. They've they done did. you dirty. They did. Well, I, uh, I will beat them in that game at some point. And I will get a retweet off of Big Foley. Yes, it's, it's funny because I was I was thinking of asking the same thing, Joe, because <laughs> I was going to say because of the fact that so Joe and I were both at Bigfoot and it was funny yeah. she came over and she's like I just did the Brew York taste it was really really good I had such a good time yeah. and then she's like but they did say they couldn't do any more wrestling beer days because they <laughs> didn't they're going to get the Joe top right <laughs> and there's like there's a couple of us out there like have you heard of top rope and I was like me D I've heard of top rope they're so good don't steal their beer names. <laughs> It was really funny because it wasn't in like a, it was in a very no. playful way. You could tell yeah, it was, it was yeah. incredibly funny. It was, <laughs> oh, no, so we, 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 we love the guys at Brew York. We, yeah. we can't, you know, we can't say anything bad against them because A, 
fucking well bigger than we are. Uh, <laughs> they're nice guys and yeah. they are amazing. Yeah, I thought you were just gonna say they make amazing business. Like, yeah, yeah, they do. And then they're like, they're fucking, they're fucking huge compared yeah, to us. No, like, no, not, why, not why I was shaking my head. <laughs> I was thought you were gonna go with their beers are great. <laughs> but, but also, you've met you've met Liam Wayne. They are physically a lot bigger than both of us. Yeah. They're terrifying. <laughs> I, I, have, I have once seen Wayne pick up a forty liter cask with one hand over his shoulder. Jeez. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I tried picking up we, we just talked to full circle yeah. the other day and i was literally when when i was helping them out i, I worked for them at bigfoot and they were the, we were carrying the kegs out in the morning and they're like alex was like do you want to have a go i was like yeah I was like, please let me try to lift it and i i tried lifting it on my own and i was like oh it's so heavy <laughs> like, i couldn't imagine just like, swinging it <laughs> over your shoulder i was like shuffling around with somebody else trying to do it and i was like yeah probably not for me um i'm not i'm not i wouldn't say i'm particularly weird i moved i moved sofas we moved house i yeah. had sofas and beds and all kinds of furniture tried picking up a keg on my own and i was like how do people do this this is ridiculous yeah, so yeah. that is intimidating but i've got a really great idea for you you guys can organize a wrestling match between you and brew york <laughs> you can each brew a beer and then you can have a wrestling match over it I... there's your million pound idea there's my brain going yeah i don't want to die so <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> that's it. We can fix it. We can fix it so that you, the underdog, wins. Yeah. That, so that's the storyline that you guys win because you're the underdogs. Perfect. But, yeah. but Wayne is still an ex rugby player. His thighs are get hurt along the, the way. You'll no, get hurt fine. Japanese style. You'll get hurt along the way. It'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anyways, plug your, your socials, plug all that. We know we've kept yeah. you so much longer. We've kept you double the time we were supposed to, but this has been such a lovely chat. So plug your socials and anything oh, else. You want. Um, it's simple, just at Top Rope Brewing on Insta and um, Twitter and uh, Facebook. I've I've not tried TikTok because I'm over 30 and it's just not going to work. <laughs> Mate, we're enough. on TikTok. Be quiet. <laughs> to be fair, my, the majority of my TikTok has turned into dog. Yeah, videos. you've gone dog. <laughs> She's, she's gone into dogs. I because I can't figure out how to use TikTok. No, so the dog videos are the easiest ones. Not that I, I enjoy watching other people's. I tried making my own TikToks. Uh, yeah, it's not I get great. these really frustrated messages going, ah, why can't I do it? I'm, I'm the generation TikTok is just shit mine. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> But I did try. I did make a valiant effort. And then Joe got my messages of, why can't I cut my video? I don't understand. So I just stuck with dog videos. Yeah. It's really easy. Yeah. Um, we, we haven't got a brewery dog yet. Um, I am planning on getting some brewery guinea pigs next year. <gasps> yes, brewery guinea pigs. That's amazing. And then yeah, like brewery guinea pigs as well. But yeah, it's um, at Top Rope Brewing on all the platforms. Usual stuff. Um, if, if, if anyone wants to contact us, it's neil at topropebrewing.com. Send me an email. Um, I'll usually reply within hopefully two days. Um, Tori knows how shit I am replying to an email. No, no, no. Days. You're incredible. Nah. To be fair, I will, what I will say is when I first contacted you uh, quite a while ago now, um, when I needed, I was ordering a whole bunch of beer and I was going on holiday. Because before that, I had ordered beer, but I never needed to contact you because I, I was home. But I was going on holiday, but I needed to get. <laughs> I needed to get some of the cold stones that were coming out because I think I was actually getting them for our podcast, Joe. I think um, so. You, I think you were, and yeah. And I was going on holiday. So I messaged you saying, could you please hold on to these and not send them right away? Uh, because you will send them and they'll sit outside and I don't want them to sit outside in the heat of summer. So you were so accommodating and you were like, when do you want it sent? I'll just make sure it gets sent 
you know, either in time before you go or after you go, because I didn't know how quick your shipping would be. Mm. Um, so yeah, you responded very quickly. You were incredibly lovely about it and very helpful. So yeah customer service 10 tip top 10. customer service yeah. i think we all <laughs> that was, something. That was always by i'm not being biased either because that was before i'd even really properly yeah. spoken to you or anything like that i think we ordered something and then got you put i was like i, I want to do it. i want to put something else in is that okay and you were like yeah it's fine we'll just chuck it in like amazing customer service if yeah. no one's ordered from you they need to go do it it was no now. hassle you were very accommodating yeah. yeah and and we say that as people who hadn't spoken yeah. to you before at that point that we asked so yeah yeah because again what a lot of people don't uh, kind of realize is the fact that when it comes to operations it is there's four people that work the brewery that's it it's not like there's some big team you're dealing with there's four individuals if you're sending an email to somebody about a customer service issue it'll be me you're speaking to yeah um so yeah that's that's all it all is yeah feel free we're you know i'm always open to chat to think people on uh social media platforms or on um uh, on email if if you if if there's a slight delay on social media um that's purely because i've thrown my phone into my bedroom and forgotten about it for an evening which i do try and do because it does become all consuming yeah, for hours and i i still you know value my mental health somewhat yes, absolutely. Um, so if there is, yeah so if there is a slight delay on social media responses that's purely because i've put my phone away for an evening and i'm not dealing with it but you will get a response um usually within sort of 12 hours or so um no message me speak to me ask me questions i'm always happy to talk to people that's great thank you so so much yeah for thank talking. you for coming this, on it's been the amazing. time has flown literally yeah. so i was absolutely flown and then i looked and i was like shit oh. double the time we said we were gonna keep you <laughs> so we'll let you go now thank you again so much for joining yeah us. thank you so much absolute pleasure that was probably the most fun intro that i think ever written it was probably my i will hands down say but i think that was my favorite intro you wrote it yeah it's my it's my favorite one that I wrote because uh, um that was amazing that you said that out loud uh that conversation was you're incredible. welcome the, yeah th- that was the gift that kept on giving that's my birthday gift forget forget <laughs> top ropes birthday gift that was my <laughs> birthday gift this year it was I was like how is she gonna read this how is it gonna go down you did it you yeah, committed amazing like you try um, and test me but I will always raise I will I, always it, rise to the occasion I make myself giggle more than you do and then that yeah. makes me laugh more because you can do it so straight yeah. face. I'm professional um, yeah the, the outtakes uh, from from my end on this one are gonna be great amazing gonna be great but I thought that conversation just like time time flew so quick yeah. but, but I thought like I'm not gonna be able to talk that much about wrestling because I'm not I I think a lot of people are drawn to them because of their the the links between you know good beer and wrestling. Yeah, and I know a very basic level of wrestling from my childhood. Yeah, um, and I've got friends that are wrestling fans. Like what we went out a few years ago in Bristol for one of their birthdays, and it was wrestling themed. <laughs> that was that was great. Um, but I'd never. I was like, oh structured we've got stuff to talk about was like the wrestling yeah. stuff I won't be able to talk to him that much about it I felt like we talked about wrestling a lot more than I thought that we would talk to him about wrestling uh and it just flowed so easy and Neil's just a lovely human being in general he's such Absolutely. a lovely caring considerate human being so easy to talk to so funny uh yeah if if you've not checked out their beers yet even if you don't like wrestling oh my god where have you been they the make best. excellent beer and really interesting stuff if you live nearby yeah. to them like go and try that banoffee if it's still on oh. at all uh or I if you're not nearby that. request that that your local 
I mean, we said it with with Heist the other weekend. Request that you want this in uh, because it's you know the the beers that are being bought are being bought because they're buying for what they think people want, and if enough people turn around and say I want this, they'll consider buying it. So yeah, that is. I feel so sad that we didn't get to drink those. And and I will go on record and apologise to Joanne about her delivery not turning up. I hope they find the beers, and I hope that if they don't find the beers, whoever has found them, we've given them the gift of amazing yeah, craft beer. Yeah, giving you the gift of really good beer, so you better Merry go and Christmas. put an order in <laughs> with uh, with Top Rope to buy more beer from them. Support your local breweries, everybody. <sighs> amazing. I I really enjoyed the conversation, especially the bit that you probably tuned out, which is Frank Turner. Uh, and nodded. Uh, that was amazing that was (laughs) an amazing conversation for me as well so um overall yeah cannot wait sorry joe to try the chocolate cake i'm gonna put an order in i'm gonna have to put another order you're gonna have to put another order in uh and yeah and get the porter that you yes the the maniac (laughs) (laughs) that totally went over my head until he said it and i went oh shit that is what it is um so if people want to talk to you about ice cream beers where can people do that if you want to come and talk to me about ice cream beers um and tell me that you found my top row porter maybe it got sent to you let me know um no one's gonna own up to that no one's listening to us is gonna own up to that because i've got your laptop stands so (laughs) if you hold your ransom if you want your laptop stands back if you you want your laptop stands back give me my beer um (laughs) um you can find me i am a woman's brew on facebook instagram and twitter um i mostly hang out on instagram uh but you can also come and talk to me about beer styles and how they make ice cream parallels at my beer school which is love beer learning and we are on facebook instagram and twitter i'm mostly on instagram again but also we're on tiktok and pinterest we also have a website which is love beer learning co.uk there's a fantastic blog there and you can listen to the podcast there as well um and also we have an email address which is lovebelearning at gmail.com tell us what other breweries you would like us to target and poke and make them talk to us because we would love to do that and if you would like to support us to continue to make this wonderful podcast and you know try and get beers to the people that they're supposed to get to we have a patreon which is patreon dot com forward slash love beer learning for two pounds a month you can support the continuation of a women's brew the podcast tori powell if they want to ask you about i don't know rowdy robbie P- roddy piper or frank turner i don't know where can they find you oh my God, yeah people wrestling if you try to talk to me about wrestling i'll entertain <laughs> it but i won't be it won't be a stimulating conversation um because it will just be mostly filled with me being like yes brother and stuff like that i don't know it'll be memes it'll be memes because i don't know enough about wrestling but you can always talk to me about frank turner i'm sorry i'm laughing because i'm just visualizing you writing a ransom note for your laptop stands <laughs> <laughs> like cutting out letters <laughs> like, if you that's an awful lot of work your stands again stands. you will return my beer i mean i would it's, do that for lot, the beer that's what i'm saying it's a lot of effort for stands it's not a lot of effort that's true for beers that's true um, but yeah i am always willing as you saw with werewolf beers and right now with neil always willing to talk about frank turner uh, his music his new releases anything you want his new release uh, his single just came out a few weeks ago i think uh and it's brilliant so yeah you can find me on instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism and if you want sweet sweet dog tiktoks because as i said to neil i mean i gave up on trying to make beer tiktoks they're really hard <laughs> to make did. tiktoks like it, uh, 
I don't understand TikTok. Why can't it just be easy? Why can't it just be easy, guys? Uh, but you can see sweet dog TikToks because that seems to be all I can manage at the moment. Yeah, I'm on there as well at Adventures and uh, Adventures in Optimism. Don't even remember if there's underscores in it, but search me. You'll probably find me. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, that, that's me done. And, and okay. until next time, Joe. Cheers. Cheers.